Thank you for your resale, by the way. Welcome to the drunk tank. Take a shot and much thanks for you coming out tonight. Have a seat and come in, yeah. Yeah. Now turn the lights down low. Drinks are in the back. We're about to start the show. Okay, landed and killed in the land of the free. Coming together to spread all the peace. There's more to the story than you'll ever see. Hear up both sides before you just agree. Some of it's funny and some of it's deep. Open your mind and I can't guarantee that we will leave you on the edge of your seats. Now over the docks and a man for CC, okay. Oh, where'd you go? Oh. oh no, I'm hiding. Oh, the uh, window's fucked up now. It was working just a minute. Hang on. Uh, my grand reveal, and I look no. so festive. Right, You've ruined it. Oh, you ruined it everything. Hang on, I gotta fix this. It was working fine just a second ago. Oh, there it is. The, win the window switched. Hang on. Lovely technical difficulties on the holiday special. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm sitting here trying to make an effort, and you've ruined it. <laughs> All right, there we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Drunk Tank Podcast. This is our mid-season uh, holiday special. Um, now that we have the technical difficulties, my brain broke. I had something clever to say, but anyway, um, welcome to the holiday special, Chris. Welcome back. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing good, as you can see. I'm in the festivity spirit. You are. You actually put in effort today where I was like, well, yeah, I'll just throw on a black hoodie. It's a whole thing. It's really I'm an entire Christmas tree. If I do that, see? I am a tree. You are fancy. You are <laughs> You win the but it's, it's so fucking warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bet. I bet it's warm. So. We're going to see how long of the episode that I can wear this before it gets too much and then I switch. Like, I've got other jumpers, but, like, this one seemed the funniest. <laughs> so, that, that's an interesting, you made a comment about a jumper. Like, that's, are ugly sweaters or ugly jumpers a thing over in Scotland? Like, do you I get, mean, like, no, really. Like, I get excited about them because I pick out the fucking greatest ones. Like, I... <laughs> The ones that I have with me right now is I have my penguin mm -hmm. with the googly eyes, <laughs> which is one of the greatest ones. And then I have my, this is my favourite one. This is what I wear when I was working and I didn't want people to like me. This is my Star Wars one. Nice. This is my jolly face. <laughs> and then I do have like, I've, I've got, fuck it, I love Christmas, like, I even have. I mean, these are for these are for the private time when I wear my little. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then I've got that's my Santa T-shirt and stuff. Yeah, that's 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 for that's for when I want to get really festive. That's where I want my jingles to ball. <laughs> so, but I love Christmas, and I've decorated yep. all my background and shit. I like, I like to make I it. I didn't decorate the bar. I thought about doing <laughs> it, but. I got lazy. I was so busy this week that I just, I didn't have time. Yeah. Between, between everything here on the property and all, like, the gift buying we had to do and uh, friend Amanda's van went down, so we're back down to one car on the property, so a lot of us have had to, like, run everybody around. And then mm -hmm. I had to go to Portland, and uh, just, it's been 
It's been a it's been a busy busy week. Look, I didn't even well, put it on discuss. Yeah, it's cool. Like some of us just care a little bit more than others. You know what? To, some of to us make a try and attempt to make it festive in the, the <laughs> podcast. Well, look at it this way: you can be my who, and I'll be <laughs> with my, with my drunk now. star that doesn't want to stay up. I need to actually get it sewed back in because it's just it's it's slightly came off, and it's just. Do you want me to tell you like, the funniest thing about like the story of this this hoodie is that I was out with my sister about like three four years ago, right? And we saw them in a shop, and I made the joke of we should all get them and turn up to Christmas dinner, like because like, obviously my brother's at the house, my sister's at the house, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, we'll all turn up to my parents at Christmas, all wearing this hoodie. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was a great idea, so that's what happened. So four years ago, it started as a joke, and now every single year when we're coming up to Christmas at my parents, we all wear these hoodies. And the funniest thing is, is we only got them for us. Like, my brother's married, my sister gets married in May, mm-hmm. so it's like, we, but we went, no, this is our thing. We're wearing <laughs> Nice. So I started, so now I just wear it to work and all that as well. I just right. go all out, because... I mean, who gives a fuck? Like, I, I'm having fun. Everybody else is having fun. Only the door face pricks that nobody cares about is they having fun, but I don't care about them. I'm having fun. <laughs> right? No, I get it 100%. Like, I, um, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't get down on the ugly sweater tradition. Like, everybody over, over here, not on the farm, but like, uh, back in Wisconsin, I had a bunch of like friends and family who were like ugly sweaters, and I was like, don't, I'm, I'll hurt your feelings. I don't wear them. I don't like them. I don't wear them. I don't know why. I just, I literally am the Grinch. Like, I love Christmas for my kids, but I hate Christmas for everybody else. <laughs> like, I am literally the human personification of the Grinch. Like, I'm like, go away. Don't bring fucking noisy <laughs> shit around me. Open your gifts. And shut the fuck up and go away for a while. Which is sad because you could totally get away with dressing up as Santa. Good. I got the white goatee. I could be exactly. I could be I could be Pacific Northwest hipster Santa and it would it would work, but got the glasses. Got the hot exactly. red Mrs. Claus, it would totally work. I mean if you just gave a shit about other people for a wee minute, then it'd be cool. I have a reputation to uphold. I don't <laughs> give a shit about other people, goddammit. To be honest, I don't give a shit about other people. I like this. I think I look fucking amazing. Right. So. You do look amazing. Fuck you stuff. Oh, Stay up. Oh, and it's sit, sit with my head tilted back slightly, so it doesn't keep on falling down. But then that just makes me look drunk. So <laughs> I guess I just have to have a drunk star. Right? Yeah. But, oh, yeah. My God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So um, you were off last week. No worries. I think we did a good job. Nikki and I held it down. I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit about what you thought. Uh, did you get a, did, did you get a copy of the book, her book? Yeah, I read it. I've what left the review. Want? What did you think about it? Like, just off the top of your head. No spoilers. Because I, um, I want to get your take. And then we're going to have her on a couple months from now just to do another, like, spoiler cast and stuff so that you can yeah. be part of it. But I want to get your thoughts on her book before we jump into Christmas stuff. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed the book. It wasn't necessarily a book that I would normally read. Mm-hmm. Um, And <clears throat> for me, I felt... As much as it was a good book, it was good story and that kind of stuff, some of the things felt as if there was a lot getting started. Mm-hmm. But when I then found out at the end of the book that there's another like nine books planned, 
Mm-hmm. It kind of made sense as to why so many little stories had been started. Because it felt, like, before I found that about it, it felt as if so much was starting, but nothing else was getting said about it. Right. Like, we were learning so much, but it was just happening kind of thing. And right. then, but when... Yeah, but listening to Nikki last week, it kind of made a lot more sense on things. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, like, in my head it was having... Um, and the same one, my mum read the book as well and left the review, and she said similar that it was like a unique book, like it didn't follow the norms. It wasn't one of those ones where like you start reading it and you kind of know something's going to happen, like this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and there's going to be a plot twist at the end. It wasn't so much laid out like that, it was its own unique sort of you're walking down the street, and then we're bam, this happened. And it was like, oh, fuck, that came out of nowhere. And then it kind of, like she said last week, it was like, then you get those little bits where it's like, oh, nothing's happening. We're just like, well, bam, there you go. There's another spade to the face. Like, that's 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 pretty much what it is. But it was good. Um, but it was mere just in my... It's not a book I would normally read, because that was what I was trying to... Like, in my review... I was trying to be thing mate of that if you're into that type of like if you're into horror books and that kind of stuff, it's a really good book for you. Mm. If you're not into horror books, it's not gonna be a good book for you. Which mm. is fair enough. But at the same time, it was still a good book. Right. Even if you're not into horror or that type, it was still an, a good book. But there was just there was some bits in it where it felt as if you were having to wait all the way until the very end for things to kind of make sense, which right. makes sense at the end. Like, you don't want everything, like, you know and everything at the very start, and it re- make, leaves reading the rest of the book pointless. So, but once, with the fact that there's, like, another nine books coming out in a series, it kind of makes it more interest to then see where more the little, like, the little offset stories start kind of yeah, yeah, just seeing where it kind of goes, because it does feel as if a lot happened in that book, but it was like, now you're more excited to see just where the next nine books go, like, because that was a lot of, like, personal things, like, close to, uh, like, the main character, yeah. yeah, so it was like, a lot happened that you would have thought, well, it would have, maybe that could have lasted until later on in the series then. But at the same time, you're like, well, actually, now that that's all happened now, it kind of sets up, well, what the fuck else can actually happen later on? Because that's already taken off the table. That whole storyline's now gone, which you would normally... Again, like I said, normally if you had, like, a 10-book series, like, the the main thing that you know I'm talking about, you would normally yeah. think that would happen, yeah. like, book six, because for the, the first five books, you would be getting a wee bit more, mm. like into the characters and then you're like but for that to happen like book one of the series you're like well where the fuck else is this going to go then yeah. so yeah but yeah that's that's my take on the book but the last week's podcast i, I enjoyed i was here like in spirit i was listening and giving you i was trying to give you pointers of what to ask and say <laughs> yeah i tried to at the same time me. Yeah. I tried to catch it, but we were so far, we were into the flow of the conversation that... Yeah, no, exactly. That's why it was like, I was just putting in the wee, the wee touches, but it was the really, like, stop what you're talking about and, and yeah, yeah. read my thing. 
No, I, I think I think Nikki crushed it with the book. Really good friend of mine. And uh, one of the things we talked, we actually talked for like an hour off stream. And uh, one of the things I told her was, I was I went into it trying to read it like to give her some critique, some feedback, because it's not it's not my genre, right? Horror is not my genre, but I'll, hmm. I'll dabble. I'll di I'll dip and dabble in it, right? Every once in a while, if something catches my eye. So I yeah. had an incentive to read it, but I wanted to read it from an angle of like. Like you did in your review, like it's not my jam, but if you if it is your jam, here's your thing. And yeah, I uh, I caught myself like two two chapters in where I just sort of got lost. I I got drawn in because of how the characters were written and all the in, the unique angle, like how Amy is an empath and how Nikki was exploring emotionality. That's that's a that's a tough that's yeah. a tough thing for me to deal with. So. Seeing how Nikki's character dealt with having a, a, a leveled up version of emotionality kind of drew my interest in, in a way. Yeah. So I, I stopped reading it as a critique and I just sort of fell into the book. And I think that's a, I think that's a huge feather in the book's cap because I wanted to be that friend who was like, all right, this is, this is ink, what you can do here because she touched on it in in our in our episode where I I write I'm I'm a writer I do short stories I do GM stuff I write uh, character backstories I have a novel that's 110 pages deep I just haven't I haven't done anything with it for a few years because you know I had the full time job yeah. and the kids and streaming and, but now that I don't have the full time job outside of streaming and doing the podcast I've been thinking about dabbling in it again but I don't know I I don't know I don't know how I feel about it. But having a background in writing and being fairly deep into a novel myself, I wanted to be that guy who was like, "All right, here's here's what I like, here's what I don't like, here's here's where I think it works, where it doesn't work," and I couldn't. It was it, was, it, it just drew me into the point where I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna read it for fun." And I think personally, that that to me is like the ultimate critique for her from me. It's like I'm not a horror guy. I don't I don't I don't like to be scared. I don't deal with that stuff. And the fact mm -hmm. that I enjoyed it and had 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 an interesting time with the book, I think that's a good critique for for from me to her. And I yeah. can't wait I can't wait to have her back on because I know you want to talk to her about stuff and and she really wants to talk to you about stuff. So I can't wait to have her back on. And I think she crushed it. Like one thing I know this is our holiday special and our and our sort of mid season hiatus because I'm gone next week. I'm I'm gone on holiday business and whatnot. <clears throat> Big secret stuff that will be unveiled later. Um, I shit. I wanted to touch on it because I I wanted to touch on it, and I wanted to say our our guests this season and last season have been so really good. Like I don't know what it is, but like Titan and, and Monster and, and Ant and uh, Nikki and, and other people that we've had on since we've had the show uh, and. Strange Tim, who co-hosted last season with me when Owen took out, had to be taken care of. It seems like the guests we have on are are very, very different. Even the streamers we've had on are different from each other, and they all knock it out the park. And I think Nikki mm -hmm. is just another like another another person who knocked it out of the park. And one of the things I like is that bringing Nikki on, we can branch out. We can branch out from the streamer, gamer sort of genre. 
<clears throat> and now, and seeing how well that episode did and, and the response to all the guest episodes in general, I'm really looking forward to, in the new year, kind of really getting some diverse guests on. Like, I've got a few people that touch base with me, like uh, Park City is in the Discord, wants to come on and do some stuff. I want to get Amanda here on the farm on to talk about homesteading and content creation and that in that circle because I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything. Hmm. I don't know anything about that side of Instagram or or homesteading in general. And I think I think Sheila will be an interesting person to talk to. I want to get um, some other people that I, I know outside of sort of YouTube and, and Twitch to kind of bring them on to get their perspectives on stuff. And I think all of our guests have really. The ones we brought on have have had a good chemistry with us, yeah. and have brought such a unique level of conversation that I'm super excited to continue to find and bring them on and and expose expose the drunk tank audience to those those guests because you and I we can do this forever like you and I can just do this yeah when we have a guest on there there's a certain angle. Or a new, a new, a new level that gets unlocked in the way they can tell a story, the way they present stuff, and I know that that is so interesting because I've I've seen podcasts have guests on, and it kind of devolves into like a a Q and A in a way, and it doesn't yeah it's not a conversation, and I think you and I and our guests have been able to maintain that level of conversation, and at the same time ask some pretty hard questions, especially like when we had Gay on. We had some really, yeah. really interesting commentary on LGBTQIA. Right? We had some really cool <laughs> Team Rainbow conversations. And then, like, when we had Nikki uh, on last week, we talked about self publishing and, and how it is to chase a passion project for seven years. And turn it into reality. Yeah. So, I'm so excited in the new year about getting more guests. And I definitely want to reach out. Like, I want to reach out to some RPG show creators, like to see yeah. how they do an RPG show because I've done them. And you're you play D and D now, so I want to like get other content creators on. For the top games and stuff. But I don't know. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts? Hey. It's one of the ones is I, I I do want to be able to, like the reason why like I signed with like the drunk tank name was that I didn't want to go down a route where it was we were kind of bottlenecking ourselves into the kind of game and streaming thing. The drunk tank is supposed to be that diverse. Everybody can turn up in the drunk tank. Right. Like, exactly. Like, like, it doesn't matter who you are, but some, like, anybody can turn up. You have a wee tipple, you turn up, you get flung into the drunk tank, there you go. Um, so it was like, it was supposed, it is supposed to be a much more diverse. It doesn't have to be people that stream, it doesn't have to be content creators, it can be other things. I think it's one of the ones, it's, for me, it's a, a bit, yeah, it's, it's a bit more, no, I wouldn't say difficult, but it's like, I'm, I, on my, I can understand why you'd want to get a lot more guests on and that kind of stuff because the the shows with the guests they have they have that something special, but at the same time I think I have this feeling of I don't want to date too much right, no, than what we are because would that take away the sort of special like I know 
so far this season we have done more than what we were we usually do. Normally it was like once a month and for a couple of weeks there it was like one every two weeks kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to really go down that because I feel as if then it it just it takes this from being a podcast to a talk show where yeah. we just have different ones and then it's like on another sense it's like I don't want to be able to just have anybody on. Like I don't want to have just uh, like like I don't mean it as a kind of thing, my way, but it's like, I don't want it to be just a case of we bring on friends to talk. Like, a, a day, like, the likes of, like, uh, Amanda, like, what she does as a background and that kind of stuff, like the homestead and that kind of stuff, it, would, it will open up another avenue to kind of learn more about another thing, which, let's be honest, has been gone since, like, the Wild West times when people were paid... Or given land to go out and find it, so it would be nice to be able to get out there. Same with like Park City, be able to learn more about the kind of technolo- technological side of things, and that would be good. But it's like I also want to be able to bring on people that we necessarily don't know, yes. but would be able to give us an actual conversation. So it's like I don't want everybody to think that if if you're friends with us, you'll get on the podcast, right? No, because I agree. It's like, like I, I don't mean it as in that like, we don't want you there. It's more just like, it, it shouldn't be that you have to be a friend to be able to go on. I want to meet more people that can give us a conversation or a debate that kind of sparks something in us. Like, I mean, the, yeah, there's certain things that we wouldn't go down because like, it's a podcast. We don't want to get cancelled. <laughs> but right. It's it's like I, I, I do like 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 you said, bringing on the guest. It does seem to have a different feel than a normal podcast with a guest on. It, it is less about the kind of we have a conversation rather than just ask all these questions that people right. might want to know. So like because at the end of the day, questions that people want to know are questions that don't need to be answered. Really, like it's like like when when you were talking about Nikki. I'd find me done the questions about how want to find out the kind of not everything is rosy, not everything is run of the mill, everything makes sense. Mm. Like if there's people out there that want to get into writing and self publishing, th- let's also find out things that you wouldn't know until you're actually in the middle of it and you go, oh fuck. Because let's be honest, if you knew beforehand the shitty things that would happen, you would maybe be in a better standing to be able to deal with them or understand that maybe that's not what you want to go down. Like, like content creating. Content creation isn't all fucking fantastic. Content oh, creation gets no. uh, to the point where you're sitting there going, nobody wants to come and watch me. Why the fuck am I doing this? Right. Which is, it takes a toll on mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same that can be said with a lot of things. Like a lot of our guests coming on is it's, it's, aspects of life that people would like to be involved in but let's find out the entire story let's get people that are involved in it to tell us the real story the things that the 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 top people don't want you to know because they just want your money (laughs) yeah no that's why i think the the how she talked about the barnes and noble thing i thought that was great i thought that was a great thing that she talked about about uh self-publishing because the barnes and noble was like oh we don't want your book it's on amazon we want it done our way 
And I thought that was a great segment yeah. when she talked about that. Because, yeah, essentially, I want I want the same thing you do. Everything you said, I, I co-sign 100%. Like, you shouldn't have to be our friends to be on. And, like, I don't want everybody on all the time. I'm just saying I'm excited to... Uh, oh, definitely. 2022. Yeah. 2022 is going to be really, really amazing for the show. Because, like... Again, what you have to remember is we've been doing this since what, February, March was mm-hmm. our first episode. So that's our first year, basically, even though we're midway through season two. Right. We wouldn't be in mid-season season two if you weren't like, moving across country and all that kind of kind of forced our hand into, we've had too much of a break, let's right. just call it, that'll yeah, be 100%. it. But over the last year, we have learned a lot. We've learned a lot. We haven't like guests on and all that kind of stuff that makes you know next year we can up that. And I think that's what makes it exciting is it's having more guests on over the across the year and being a bit more confident and kind of I wouldn't say aggressive, but just a wee bit more forward and knowing what we want to ask, get them involved and stuff like that. But even when we've no got guests on. There's a lot that we've learned over the year so far that we can go right. Well, this. I mean, think if you think back to our very first episode and the document that I sent you, and how many fucking sub things were on it. Like we have this <laughs> section, this section, this section, and then now you look at it and you're like, we've literally cut about five sections out. Some sections come back every now and again. Other sections we've just never brought back, yeah. and it's like. It all, everything evolves and we get better we understand what works with Disney work and I think that can only mean that at least we're, we're doing the right thing we're getting fucking we're learning and that's all this has been it has been a great journey I've, I've really enjoyed this yeah. this past year has been really really fun with it and I, I really can't wait till next year just just to get it fucking with all the plans that we have and the ideas like, it's, it's going to be fantastic yeah, no, I, I think it's great. Like, we've been doing a lot of work. And one of the things you talked about uh, at the beginning of the year, you, just watching you change from the first episode <laughs> to this episode has been so intriguing to me because when we, we've, we've told the story in the last season, when we, the first couple of episodes, you had this idea. You were like, oh, I want to I wanna do a podcast, but I don't, I don't know, da 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 and we're like, yeah, fuck it, let's go, right? The first episode, you were so, like, you had moments where you wanted to, like, go. And I kept going, come on, let's go. And, like, by episode four or five, you started opening up more. And now you're like, ah! Just this this, this, yeah. this quick evolution into this, um, at least on camera. You're on camera persona in the drunk tank and screaming. You have become way more open and way more, uh, what's the word, a lot of thought-provoking stuff, especially on the drunk tank. Like, you've been able to, to reach in and kind of bring out that stuff in yourself and, and watching yeah. you evolve from episode one to, like, I think we're on episode two. I think this something overall. Yeah. It's, it's been really fun to watch you kind of become... A tree, open. yeah, a tree. <laughs> and yeah, like, man, let's like, be honest. I wouldn't have been dressed like this in episode one, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, hell no, not even close. <laughs> but I think I think it's great, and I, I think I think the format that we have, 
And I think the biggest strength of the show, and I don't want to be an egotistical jerk, is is you and I. Just what we can do. Between yeah. each other. And having a guest on is intriguing to me because sometimes we flip roles. Like, sometimes you'll be very complimentary and say this, that, or the other thing, and I'll come up with like a, a critique or, or a, or a hard-hitting question or... or You'll do that, and I'll compliment. So there's a, there's an ebb and flow that you and I sort of switch between with a guest that I've noticed, and yeah, it sort of makes the guests very comfortable and allows them to settle in. Like at a pub, we're literally sitting. I mean, we're at a bar right now. Like we're literally <laughs> yeah. at a bar having drinks, bullshitting, and I think that's something about our personalities as somebody who's a, who's a, a pub enthusiast like yourself. And somebody who grew up in bars and be a former bartender, there's a sort of understanding that we have that when someone comes around that I think they fall into it really well. And yeah, I'm, like you said, I'm excited to branch out and have different people on. But like you, I don't ever want to lose this this core here. I think this yeah. is what I think what this is what sort of kept us on this long. And having the guest is like throwing a shot, right? You have your usual, yeah. you have your usual, and then you order a shot, and it's like, damn, that was good. That's a, that's a whole new level. Yeah, I, I think that's it. It's like, you, you, you know what you like, but every now and again, you just have that, do you know what, let's go wild tonight. Let's have a night out. Right. And that's, that is kind of where you want to, that's why it also, thing is, is you don't want to do it too much, because when you start having too many night outs, <laughs> it loses its, its, its special quality. And it's been fantastic having guests on, like, um, like even all the way back to season one yes. when we had Titan on and then we had Monster on, and their insight of like Twitch and content creating that kind of stuff was fantastic. And then this season, we've kind of strayed away from, even though it's people or it's streamers and content creators and stuff like that. We've been a wee bit more. Let's bring people on to talk about certain things. It's less about bringing them on to talk about themselves, even though we do talk about them for a period. But it's like having Bill Bob on and talking about kind of like the 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 costs of PC gaming and what what consoles can they improve and all that kind of stuff. Like that was a really good episode. And yeah, like, Bill Bob was great. And then, like, having uh, Game Akam on and talking about kind of like Team Rainbow and like. Even though we were talking about him and try to find out more about him, that wasn't the streamer him. It was just like because at the end of the day, like they're all still people, mm-hmm. like and you want to learn about the people. It doesn't necessarily have to be about their persona or or just one little thing because like Bill Bob being a console streamer is not Bill Bob. That's one aspect of his life. It's no him. Game Akum being gay is not. Everything about him, there's so much more to him that that you want to learn. Same with Nikki. So that's why, like, when I was saying one of the quick thing was no, just to ask her everything about the book and, and writing and that kind of stuff. Let's learn about Nikki because, like, there's more to Nikki than just being an author or a publisher or anything right. like that. And I think this season you can see that it has been a lot different. And like you were saying. The likes of like like when Bill Bob was in, how quickly Bill Bob just sort of settled into the conversation. He was getting involved, and like I've seen, I've I've been in Bill Bob's streams for quite a while and that kind of stuff, and I've seen him as a in growth as well. And that 
at the very start when we first start like I first started watching when Monster took his into his chat, he was very much he was focused on the game, he never really focused on chat, he wasn't really thinking or that kind of stuff. Whereas now over the last few months he's grown into this, he's a lot more energetic, he's a lot more like chatting to the, the, the chat, he's got like the, the channel point stuff and stuff like that, trying to get involved with it. You can see the growth and then like I'm just coming on the podcast straight away, so ah, it just sort of settled in. Same with Nikki, so, ah, and like you said, Nikki just right in. It was as if she'd been here before. Yep. All the guests have had that. It's, it's as if like like we've known them for years and years. It's just another friend that's came to the bar, which I'm happy because that was what my original idea was set out to be. It was just it was a bunch of us gone down to the pub having a conversation, we might be talking about things that you don't usually want to talk about, the hard-hitting stuff like, yeah. like politics, policing and all that, because everybody has different opinions, and then obviously trying to bring in the concept of people can have different opinions and you don't have to be addicted about it, like we can converse, we can debate, we can see where other people come from and they can see where we come from, everybody's open-minded maybe you'll learn something so, like, I, I've enjoyed it, and I'm really excited about what's going to happen next year because the, we have a lot of plans, we have a lot of ideas, we've got a lot of things in the works, and it's it's it's, it's exciting. Knowing what we have planned, it's exciting. So I can only thank to everybody to stick around, and hopefully you'll enjoy what we've got planned yeah. in the future. I think it's I think it's interesting too, and like I said, I'm I'm not trying to make this about us, but like, but it is <laughs> it is, but like one of the things I you're fantastic, what I mean. One of, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're a tree, and I'm a silver fox. Let's let's call it in. But uh, I think I mean, one of the things right. that okay. I like I like about you and I, especially behind the scenes, is we're always talking about the next level. Or what the next edition is, or what the next, um, the next production element is, things like that. And I think, yeah, I know. I, God, I don't know how to phrase this. Without dick. <laughs> I, I have. Friends. Everybody else sucks, and we're no, amazing. No, 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 no. Not that everybody else sucks, but I have friends that have dabbled in podcasts or or things, and they fizzled out on it. And when I've talked to them about it, my 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 questions are always like, "Well, what were your behind the scenes production talks about? What what were your what were your your next elements? What was the next level? What was what was what was the next element you wanted to bring in? Where where was the evolution?" And yeah, the most response I got was, "I don't know. I just turned on a mic," and I'm like. He just—he's like, yeah. They just—they're like, I just turned on a mic and and, and talked for three minutes for an hour. Like, okay, but where where were you gonna go with that? Like, yeah. And I I get this response of, well, I wanted to see if it went somewhere first. Mm. I don't. Ah, uh, not that that's a, a wrong approach, but like you and I have. Almost as long production meetings throughout the week as we have fucking episodes. Like whether we're in a, when, whether we're collabing on a video game, we're talking about the drunk thing. 
whether we're yeah. fucking texting each other, oh, this week, or, or you know, I want to work on this next month. It's There's a thing with me and you that I, 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 I absolutely love is the fact that we're always, always looking for the next thing. Yeah. What, you know, what mics we want to upgrade to, what cameras we want to use next. Uh, and uh, we've been trying to get overlays forever, but like I've, my finances have been roller coaster forever and artists have dropped out. Like I found a couple and then they dropped out. So it's been, I'm hoping to nail it down for next year. I've, I've got a, I've got a list of people and, um, after the holidays are up, whatever meager finances I have are, are being dedicated to that. But like, we're always on a quest or we're always discussing the next thing. And I think that's, I think that's a, a, a touchstone of our success, you know, is we're always looking mm-hmm. to push forward. Like, look at major, look at major, like, movers and shakers. Look at The Rock, for instance. Like, he's not just happy being a movie star. He's now, he owns the XFL. He started a, saved a tequila distillery and made it his own. He's always in, you always see him on his Instagram or his Twitter. I'm in this meeting now. I'm in that meeting now. I got this thing coming or in the podcast space. You look at Joe Rogan. He, he, he was always looking for a sponsor. He was always looking to like add to the show by bringing on guests that could challenge his point of view. And then he made the jump to Spotify for the hundred million dollars. There's, there's a certain, there's a certain through line with those types of people. They're always looking for the next to push forward. And I think you and I, have similar aspirations on like our streaming and our podcast and we do things like look at like I'm dipping into TikTok talking about stuff and doing stuff like that. So I think it, it bodes well for us personally that if we maintain that sort of like not only our on camera competitiveness because let's let's face it, there are times on the podcast where we're trying to like we're trying to get you to think or you're trying to get me to think and there's that Yeah. There's that friendly competition of like, dude, I'm gonna make you walk away from this show. Going, all right, what, what's up with that? So I think there's a there's not only is there a competitive drive between us as friends and 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 co-hosts, but I think there's a competitive drive of us as a team behind the scenes, to really kind of make yeah. this a thing. The best like, it can be. Yeah, and having guests on like Nikki and Bill Bob and and Gay and uh, trying to get Pat on whenever he reaches to talk about. Me. Like I think those are all, I think those are all signs of of how yeah. how this is more than just like turning on a mic to us. And no shade towards towards my friend who talked to. I, I don't mean them any ill will. I just there's a certain level of pushing, finding forward, and thinking about the future. Yeah, I do. and I think I think. Like just to to just to completely cut you after, uh, I think what it it stems to is there's always been this argument that anybody can do anything. Which yeah, anybody can do anything, but you have to also think me that not everyone can be successful in everything. Like yeah, you can go and find me a podcast. Yeah, you can get into content creation, get streaming, um, go make YouTube videos, be an astronaut, be a musician, be an artist. Like yeah, you can go and do anything, but being successful at everything is is very very rare. And I think 
the problem is is that so many people go into so many projects with that belief that they can do anything, they can be the chances of you being the next Mr. Beast or Jacksepticeye or something like that is very, very fucking slim. Like, you going into Twitch and walking away with 112,000 viewers every stream, it's very... Because if you consider it that if there's 112,000 people watching XQC and there's 75,000 watching Asmongold, they're not watching you. They're watching XQC and Asmongold. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what you do now. Like, that's who they're watching. So it's like this belief that you can be successful at everything is a bit of a misconception because right. some people just physically aren't built to do certain things. Like like this, like the podcast, yeah, we can sit and talk away and all that kind of stuff. I would never say that we're going to be the best. I would always say that we're going to be the best that we can be because yes. we might only ever have 10 viewers max on our podcast. If that's the level that we get to, that's the level that we get to. I'm still enjoying doing it. Right. That's, that's how I see it. If we can get better... Sometimes you'll get that break if you push. If you push to be the best, then like there's always that chance. But to just believe that you're gonna be good because you've started it, it's a bit like egotistical that I don't necessarily have. Like if it works for you, it works for you. But I think one of the things is is like go into things. With giving everything that you've got, but just remember it might not happen. Uh, but you have to be willing to, like, if you can go into something and go, Oh, it's still going to work, so I'm not going to try, then don't even bother starting. Hmm. Because see if you can go in and go, It might not work, but I'm going to keep fucking everything that I've got to do. Then that's the best way to go in because then you're giving yourself the best chance of it working out. But if you go in just thinking that, oh, there's no chance, then what, or that you're not going to put in 100% because it might not work, then then you're in the wrong thing. Like, go and find a passion or, or something that makes you go, I'm going to get absolutely fucking everything that I've got to do that, even if it doesn't work out. Because yeah. then you're giving yourself the best fighting chance. Because that's what it is, it's a fight. There's thousands of podcasts out there that are at our level. Like, we're not the only ones, so we have to try and find out a way. And if just be putting in 100%, we already outrank 90% of them. Because there's 90% that aren't putting in 100% of their work. So, so it's like, I think that's where we've got that kind of competitive edge, is that we are always on the go. We are always, even when we're thinking of doing other things and other projects, our mind is always on oh, but this is actually a good idea for this. This is actually a good idea for that. And it's just the constant kind of back and forward of... And it's not even to the point where we're just always trying to figure out what the next best step is. It's also to the point where, like, we can turn around with an idea and understand that the other person might turn around and go, right, oh, I don't actually think, and here's why. And then it kind of gives you that kind of back and forward. Oh, do you know what? I didn't think of that. That was actually a bad idea. Let's not do that. And that's that's how it goes. I mean, like, we were talking about getting overlays and new logos and that kind of stuff, and we were in a conversation for three hours trying to figure out exactly what we wanted and going over different things. So it's like, if you're not going to put in the time, then you're not going to get that success that you're, you're hoping for. So 
I think that's where we have a different kind of edge to it, is that we're willing to put in the time, we're willing to put in the energy, we're willing to let the other person call us a dumb fuck because we thought <laughs> up something stupid. But it's just, it's, it's part of it. It's what we, you do to get success. Like. Yeah, and, and I worked for 10 years building shit, and it took 10 years. Like, it was only recently that success actually started that. That was a good eight years of me wondering what the fuck I was doing. But you don't stop. You just keep fucking fighting on, and eventually, what you're working for, you'll catch that brick. And that's, that's all it takes is one... You need to be ready for that opportunity. It might come in five years, it might come in 20 days, but you need to be in a position that as soon as that opportunity comes, you fucking grab it with everything you've got. See if it still doesn't work, it doesn't work. But it's a lot easier to tell you or get to sleep at night knowing you gave 100% than sitting there at night going, mm, I didn't really put everything into that, that's a regret. Because you don't live no regrets. Fucking balls in, fucking go for it. And if it if it fucks up and fires back in your face, then so fucking what? Anybody that says anything is usually the type of people that aren't gone for the opportunities. They're the ones that are just sitting settled. So so if anybody has anything to say that you went for an attempt and it failed, then fuck them. You made that attempt. Well fucking done. The amount of balls it takes to take an opportunity. Fucking congratulations. Well done to you. I'm fucking proud of you for making that attempt. Fuck everybody else because they're all that's going to happen is in sixty years' time you'll be sitting there telling your ki- your grandkids or your great grandkids about that time you tried. Well, we well they're sitting there yelling at their grandkids to get off the fucking Christmas tree because they're sad and deflated and have they done anything with their life? I know what I'd prefer. Yeah, I I think I think you uh, made a great point is we've taken the time to build something and. As you were talking about how it took you eight years and you recently found success with stuff, I, I was I was instantly uh, triggered some of the stuff that I've done over the years. Like, when I'm older, uh, you know, I'm going to be 43 this year, like, when eventually one of my kids is going to have grandkids, like, I'm going to have grandkids eventually, likely, what would I tell them? And what I can tell them personally is I... I built a martial arts club with a best friend of mine that has been serving underprivileged kids and at-risk kids for 22 years. Now, the flip side of that is I didn't get nearly the credit that I felt I deserved, but I didn't fight for it. I was happy being just sort of the drill sergeant and doing the work and taking care of the kids while my friend did a lot of the politicking. And... No shade to my friend. I love him to this day. He's a great guy, and I love every minute of all my work. But when I talk about that, I'll probably have a hint of bitterness in it because the way I left the club, I'm not happy about it because it there became a point where it became more about legacy building, and I feel mm. some of the stuff got lost in translation. And I've told this to my friend. He knows all about it. I said, at, at some point, I kind of got... I kind of felt like I got distance. Yeah. Because on some levels, it became a lot about the reputation of the club and politicking to keep building the club as a club. And I felt like I just wanted to take care of the students and push the training forward. 
now I understand that a lot of that legacy building and politicking is necessary to maintain the ability to keep doing what we're doing. I understand that. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't have any regrets about my time doing it. All I, all I have regrets on and a little bitter about is I didn't choose to sit in on those meetings. I was like, yeah, let me go handle, let me go handle the students. Let me, let me worry about that. When I Mm should have sat in on those meetings. Right. So not yeah. only did I help build that, and it's got an amazing reputation, the best parts of my life. I also took over a school of martial artists and ended up taking over and blowing that business up 100% and then getting screwed for politics. Yeah. Even though I tried to sit in on those meetings. So I built two martial arts clubs up. I've been married and divorced and started a family. I built a new family. I've traveled the country with my friends. I've got a novel started. I've started multiple podcasts, the Untaken Haven podcast, the podcast with me and Bernadette, couples therapy that we need to do again, but we got to get time together. Now I have the drunk tank with you. So like when I have grandkids and in the rare time that I'm in town and they're going to be with us because I don't plan on sticking around, like I'm not my mom. My mom sits in her house waiting for everybody to come by. When she doesn't have to do that, she could be out and and bouncing around. But she always had this mentality of, I'm grandma, you come see grandma. Yeah. I don't ascribe to that theory as a person. I've told my kids, whenever you have kids, I'm cool with it. They can come by for the weekend or whatever. If we're in town, right? Because once you're an adult, I did my job. You're not in jail. You're not dead. You are you. Now I am free to go do all the shit I can't do when you were little. So if I'm in town and you want to get together and have family dinner, cool. If I'm in town and you and your significant other want to fucking have a night off, Fair enough. Bring the kids by. I will get pizza and Dr. Pepper and M&M's and we'll watch shit that you don't want them to watch. Because <laughs> I'm going to be that grandfather. You know, you want to bring the dogs by? Whatever. But don't sit there and count on me to be sitting in my home waiting for you. I, I'm not a wait around guy. I'm not a wait and see. I'm not a come see me guy. I'm going to go out and about. And when I do have those moments with those kids and they're sitting on the floor and they're going to go, Whatever they call me, I, I don't. I don't know what it is. Like, hey, Grandpa or Rick or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna be able to tell them this is what I did. This is yeah. what I did. This is what your parents did. Because for me, I do everything that I do to show them that there's whatever it is. I'm successful right now. Like I don't have. A, I don't have a regular job, right? But I have friend, amazing friends. I have a, a dope-ass trailer. I live on a farm with my some of my best friends. I do a podcast. I chase. I play video games on the internet for a job. I talk to interesting people every every month. Like, I may not be making it rain in the club, but, like, my life has been a success story from beating the odds to be alive to starting businesses and watching businesses go and starting another business or or going on this adventure. Like I've traveled the country with my friend in high school. Like 
after we got out of high school, before I like got married and, and had kids, like I traveled to Texas and Oklahoma. I've been to Minnesota. I've been to California. I've been to Tennessee. Yet, like this is stuff I can tell them. Yeah, I'm not gonna be in no shade to my mother. My mother's big caveat to Glory was I was the best bartender in Wisconsin for 26 years. What'd you do? Like you didn't go nowhere. You, like nothing was stopping you. Like we went to Michigan a couple of times, but you could have. Like, yeah. Nice. And I, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. We have a complicated relationship. You sit at home and do like you expect people to combine. I'm not that guy. I I'm I'm like a shark. I I gotta be moving. I gotta keep moving. And I think that's you and I. We we do that. We keep moving. We keep pushing. We keep. You keep looking for for the next thing, and I think that's I think that's going to be amazing. And like you said, yeah. just because you think you're going to be successful in something doesn't mean. And yeah. I think you and I have that mentality constantly of we want to be. So let's let's something. Let's add something. Let's let's throw another spice in. The I think that's yeah. amazing. By the way, uh, we're completely off format talking about how the show started. We had this rigid format of how we needed to do shit. Now it's like, eh, fuck it, whatever. What are yeah. you drinking today, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I am drinking a cider. I, put, I don't know where I put my can, but it's a lovely fruity cider because I thought, you know what? I am going to be festive as fuck. It was a tea. I had tinsel in my head. Uh, it is called Hawks Ridge Dark Fruit Cider. Nice. I like that. That was the... Uh, it, is, it is nice, and it's 100% recyclable. Um... But as it's, it's, I mean, it's it's a generic kind of fruit cider. There's nothing actually special about it. But I just I was in a mood where I wanted just something nice. Beer seems so serious, and I right. thought, you know what? I want to have something fruity. I want to have something just have fucking fun. And I went with this. I've also got my ginger wine that I'm going to be breaking into. I went and got a brand new bottle of that and everything. I'm having a great time today. Um. So, yeah, but it's, it's got that kind of tartness, like dark fruit, so it's like blueberries and raspberries and stuff like that. Um, but it is, I mean, I do have the... I can do that. Boom, boom, boom. The only thing is, is I don't know if you can get it out with the UK, because it might be a UK thing. But, um, we have yeah. equivalent blueberry and raspberry size. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm going away, and it's nice. It's, it's I like that little tartness where it's like it makes your tongue shrivel up like a like your toe in the bath or your dick in the sea. Cold water. <laughs> yeah, some shrinkage. Well, just in general because it doesn't really get much bigger. But right. <laughs> but Drink yeah, this is fun. Oh, yeah, man, it's great. Can you call it shrinkage if it does they actually grow? I mean, if it helps. <laughs> That's just that. <laughs> if it helps your ego, yeah. 100%. <laughs> That's what they get the big car for, but is it no? Speaking of those things, Bernadette <laughs> and I had a conversation about, like, how your dick was small. Yeah. No, 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 about toys. Because Bernadette, <laughs> Bernadette is the direct sales consultant for toys. And. There's some stuff her business doesn't carry that a friend of mine sent me a text. He was like, hey, would you ever consider this weird shit? And it was this weird, like, stuff. Because TOS, I can't really mention it, but they were like, 
not your normal sort of toys. And I looked at Bernadette and I said, did you come to have any of these? She goes, no. I said, what do you think about them? And she's like, it'll be fun. And I'm like, all right. So we had an interesting conversation about, about that. It's interesting getting her perspective because she's in that world. And, I, and she was like, mm. she was reading the descriptions of them. And she's like, what do you mean it's for this, that, and the other thing? And I was like, what's the problem? She goes, no. For this, for that. Never the two show mix, and I'm like, why? And she goes, it's just not hygienic. And I'm like, okay, you're a little more into this than I am. I wouldn't think of that. So it it was funny as hell. And just thinking about how a random fucking shit post text that my buddy sent me, my buddy Ryan, um, <laughs> got this huge conversation started that I just, I giggled through half of it. And she kept getting mad at me. Why are you laughing at me? This is serious. I'm like, it's really not. It's a toy. She's like, but there's this problem. And I'm like, and I just, I couldn't stop laughing. But she at one point just got up and slugged me like right. Bam. She's like, you're an asshole. I'm like, why? Because I'm trying to educate you. I'm like, it's a shit post text. Meant to make me go, oh. And you're like breaking it down on a scientific level. It was, it was hilarious. I loved it. Crying, laughing. <laughs> so good. It's so good. But yeah, uh, speaking of our hiatus, next weekend Bernadette and I are going to the big city. We haven't had like a we haven't had like a couple's day night yeah. in like seven eight years. Like because we've got the kids and in Wisconsin we didn't have anybody that wanted to come over and sit with them because you know they have some special needs and. Sometimes they were younger, it was a challenge. But yeah. now they're both old enough where Amanda and Troy are like, they'll just yeah. take them out to the trailer if they act. And they now are old enough where they can entertain themselves and be gay for the most um, Yeah. Well, that's nice. Bernadette and I were just going to take the day and go take stuff in the big city. And Amanda was like, well, why, don't, why aren't you staying overnight? He's like, book a hotel. You have the extra money because we got a decent amount of money from car accident. We're able to yeah, take care of some bills and we had some uh, we had some money floating around and I was like, well, we could be responsible. I was like, when's the last time you did? Like, <laughs> book a fucking hotel. Go do something. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to next weekend because it's our first real like couples weekend in like seven years. I'm like yeah. super excited about that. And then we got like shenanigans planned. Like I've got a bunch of stuff. Like I've got related birthday presents and anniversary presents for her that I'm gonna give her. And I know she's got some sort of scheme. Why not? Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to go up there. And and we're going up to Powell's City of Books. It's a huge thing in, in Portland. It's this massive, like, five-story bookstore. It's huge. Mm. Enormous. And Bernadette loves books, and she loves bookstores. So just hanging out in the bookstore and then going to, like, the hotel. And we paid for the hotel package where we basically get food on the hotel. That's cool. So, like, we don't have to buy food. And they've got, like, a really good restaurant. And they've got this. Yes, yeah, so just. Yeah, it's like an all-inclusive sort of weekend deal where they got like yeah. 
they don't have a swimming pool, but they have what they call a soaking pool. So it's like this big, long, extravagantly built hot tub, essentially. And I'm like, yes! Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see her reaction to all the gifts and whatnot and all the shenanigans. Because yeah. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go to the bookstore and then there's a there's an ice cream shop in the city that I cannot stop hearing all the rage about it. It's called Salt and Straw. It's supposedly like the greatest ice cream shop ever, and I want to put that to the test. I <laughs> I like some ice cream. I I don't like a lot of junk food. Like I like chocolate covered raisins. And I like M and M's, but I don't. I don't partake a lot. But your boy likes some ice cream. I do like me a shake or a waffle cone every once in a while. So I'm like super excited to go check that out. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. I like trying to mend our great. Uh, the kids overnight, eat them, duct tape them to the ceiling, stay in line. Yeah, it'll be exciting. That's it. But, uh, that, that's, that's our Christmas plan. That's our Christmas plan. So, let's talk about Christmas. It is the holiday special. Well, wait, I, you're drinking? We haven't even done that yet? Well, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to run out to the store, and I've been running on fun. So, I got the old grade-8 earth sauce today. All natural water, because oh. I'm nursing. Then you get a Christmas jumper, but they make oh, things Christmassy, and now you're sitting drinking it. fucking water. I'm drenching it. <laughs> Fucking shocking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, chat, but some of us try. Some of us try and make an effort. Fuck you, asshole. Others don't. Others just kind of skim by Look, and hope for the best. you know what? <laughs> don't start with me. It's been a long week. I had to go to the doctor's office. I had a bunch of this. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I know. All the things that you couldn't stop for five minutes to get a drink. I know. God. I'm the That's worst. A, such a terrible life, you know. No, I'm the worst. But, you know, I don't want to spend $30 on a six-pack. <laughs> I'll, I'll make you a deal. I'll, I'll make sure I have something for the next show. I mean, I could have went and got the Vikings blood, but I want to, like, draw that out. I've been, I've been drinking that quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk, about, let's talk about the holidays, my guy. Christmas stories, Christmas time, Yule time. Let, let's talk about it. So... If I was to say Christmas time or Yule, what 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 comes to your head? Like what do you what's what's going on in that Scottish brain of yours? No, no presents, <laughs> food, alcohol, right? Lights, chitty jumpers. <laughs> I mean, they're no shit. Have you seen them? They're fucking amazing. <laughs> this whole concept of ugly sweaters, like no, what you're wearing normally through the year is ugly. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> that was a fucking Christmas tree. Don't tell me that's ugly. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> no, that that jumper's great. I'm not gonna, I, you know, it is what it is. But <laughs> Christmas, man, that's it's an interesting time, right? You think about yeah. think about the origins of Christmas. It's it's a holiday about being together. In your estimation? It was the the birth of the baby Jesus. Ah! <laughs> he, wasn't like, born, he, wasn't born, he wasn't born in December. We all know that. I know he was born like fucking June or some shit. Yeah, but right. still, 
it's still what happens. It was it was the the birth of the baby Jesus and Santa Claus, and we celebrate the birth of Santa Claus's birthday every single year by making them fucking work. That is how you do. We all have to work our birthdays. He can fucking work his. Yeah, but he like works <laughs> overtime, man. It's like God damn. No, he has to work night shift. That's the worst, man. Imagine like... getting made to work night shift on your birthday. Oh, I've Fuck. done it. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> And he's yeah, got like, he's, the he's a fat judgmental bastard. <laughs> like, that's, that's what he gets. It's a trade off. You're a cunt. You judge children. Wow, wait, you fucking mental. And then, so you get mental yes, on night are. shift. Yes, we're talking shit on the night shift. Yeah. And it's not just night shift, it's been made to work night shift on your birthday. It's the worst. Right. Like, let's be real. He's got it even worse than Amazon <laughs> drivers because that motherfucker's got to do the whole globe in one night. I know, like that's that's some fucking. I mean, at least it does. They have to get everybody's signature. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least it does. They have to sit there and wait for these fuckers to answer the door, or sit there trying to figure out where their address is because they only put fucking house numbers where you can see them. <laughs> no, he just drops. He just breaks into your house and puts it under your tree. I know, that would be such an easier fucking life if Amazon drivers could do that. You could just kick your door in, put your shit down, eat some of your cookies and drink your milk and fuck off. It'd be so much easier. We'd have such a lovely time. You get your shit, we don't hate you. Like, it's a good, it's a win-win. And he gets fucking (laughs) cookies and milk. What the fuck? That's a racket right there. We have uncovered a racket, Chris, I'm telling you. (laughs) That's, that's, the, that's the best way to think of it. I mean, I mean, you'd need a lot of fucking drivers to tell you that much. Right. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, that's the other thing that's annoying is everybody wakes up Christmas Day, look what Santa brought you. Not fucking Wednesday, it was me lumping that fucking bike through the van to your fucking door, trying to hide it for your wains because you decided to let them answer the fucking door. <laughs> Fuck Santa. <laughs> <laughs> he done fuck all for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too good. It's too good. And it's always the worst. Why do Wayne's have to have the heaviest fucking things? Joe, I want everybody everybody get marshmallows and fucking pillows. That's what get your Wayne's that. Give the Amazon drivers a bit of a fucking chance. Can we're having to climb up forty flights of stairs because your lift is broken and we're having to carry up a fucking toy kitchen? that you're going to have to build and then say how fucking difficult it was. So that's what you have today. We have to carry 74 of them for the next week. Everybody's like, oh, so why don't you smile? Because I'm working. That's why I'm no fucking smiling then. Fuck you <laughs> off. Just because you're getting to drink your, your fucking Bucks Fizz every fucking morning while you're wrapping presents. I have to work. Because you can't go out. That's always the worst thing. It's like, you go into shops, or you're working in shops, and people will turn around and go, oh, it must be a nightmare working at this time on Christmas Eve. So I told you, you, you're the reason I'm working Christmas Eve. Fuck off, and I can go home, I know. <laughs> That's always, it was always the worst thing that always timed. It's like, I was like, oh, it's like, your families must be really upset when you know you're working away. So I there, and if you'd fucked off and got your Christmas presents a week ago, I wouldn't be here. I would be with my family, being happy and merry. You're the reason why we work. Fuck off. Fuck you, Helen. <laughs> it's so true. 
Christmas is a great fucking time of the year. I love Christmas. <laughs> I can tell. You're all about it. <laughs> no, in, in seriousness, like, once you switch off the work, like, right. this Christmas, this is what I've been actually sitting talking about. Like my family, and that this is going to be the first Christmas in 10 years that I'm not working it till 11 pm on Christmas Eve. Normally, I just have to work all the way up to Christmas Eve, I get zero time because of working at Iceland, working at uh, Amazon, doing this, doing that. I was always, as a delivery driver, you do not get to stop, so it was like 11 pm I'd finish on Christmas Eve. This mm-hmm. is the first time at Christmas I'm not going to be working. So I'm actually getting to spend time with family because like, we always had this tradition for when we were young was my mum and dad, we would drive out to the main George, it's called George Square, it's the main city centre of mm. Glasgow and they had all the Christmas lights and that kind of stuff. So we would all go out in the car, we'd drive around, see all the Christmas lights, all lovely. And then we'd go to KFC and buy a big bucket of chicken. We'd come home, eat our dinner and watch a Christmas movie, get all into the festive spirit at your bed for Christmas the next day. Mm-hmm. And like, even to now, that's still my tradition. I still want my KFC on Christmas Eve, but it got to the point where like KFC shut at five, I didn't stop working until like 10. So it got to the point where my dad would drive away down to KFC at the back of four, get a bucket, and it just have to be sitting there. And then when I came back in, I'd put it in the oven, heat it up, and have my dinner at the back of 10. But when I'd finished work, I would still drive through the city centre on the way home for work to go run the lights. Like it's, it's only me that does the tradition now. Eh? Everybody else goes and does their own thing. But that that's always been my tradition is on Christmas Eve. Let's say. But on Christmas Eve, I always time I'd, I'd make like goodies for like my family and friends and stuff. Like, it'd be like we mince meat parcels or cookies or cakes or anything like that for Christmas. And then I would go around Christmas Eve to like my friends who drop off all the presents and the wee treats for Christmas Eve. And that would be my Christmas Eve. But when I started having to work later and later and later, it kind of just took everything away. And that's where I became a wee bit more bitter about Christmas because everybody else is having a great time and I'm mm. fucking working. But this year I've got a lot more of a plan where it's like Christmas Eve Eve, so the 23rd I'm going to start baking the cookies and stuff like that for Christmas Eve. I'm going to start getting some things for Christmas dinner ready. And then Christmas Eve I'm going to get more stuff for the dinner. Because normally what would happen is I'd come in at 11 o'clock then drop half everybody's Christmas presents because I'd get an Amazon delivery at midnight on Christmas Eve because it was the only time I could get fucking presents. Uh, Everybody would always get alcohol. And then I would go and deliver all their presents. And then I would come in, go to my bed, get up and start making dinner. And it was like on the go constantly. Whereas this year I'm going to try and be a wee bit more. I'll get some stuff sorted that only has to get dumped into the oven. I can do this, I can do that. And just make it a wee bit less stressful. Because it's just, it's just me and my parents this year. My sister might come up. We still don't know about that. But it's like, it's, it's just going to be the three years. So it's like... I'm just, I want to make it a wee bit less to have dinner when we want to have dinner rather than a set time. And then usually, like, my brother and that comes up later in the evening because they'll go to, like, my sister-in-law's parents and stuff. So it's like, that's always been our kind of Christmas process is we would have for dinner. Sometimes my sister would come up, sometimes. It, normally, it's like one year it's just us, the next year my sister and that comes up, and the next year it's just us, and we trade off like that. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and and then in the evening everybody comes up to us we put up cheese boards with chocolate we play family board games and stuff like that i have a right good fucking time like the amount of hilarious stories that we've got and it's inside stories it's like things that are hilarious that to anybody else it sounds absolutely fucking stupid like one year we were playing this game right and it's called logo basically you get asked questions about logos of franchises or brands or anything like that right and it was my brother asked my sister-in-law one of the questions and it was what a hygiene product is named after a body parts and my sister-in-law straight away went pan 10 and my brother gave it a whole point to your fucking pan 10 it was head and shoulders <laughs> that was the answer but it was just in that moment and it's like to everybody else it's just like what but to us it was fucking such a hilarious little right. moment like my nana like before she passed when she came up and would play she would ask the question but then read the answer as well because it was on the one card <laughs> so she would ask things like what what kind of what what chocolate brand had smaller biscuits and then became the bigger cr- biscuits known as chunkies kit kit <laughs> yeah, oh, I wonder what the answer to that one is, that. <laughs> so you gotta so, like scramble around and be like, um, um. <laughs> exactly. So it's like there's all the little bits which has happened here, kind of Christmas that to everybody else it's just a stupid, stupid story. But us, it was some of the funniest and best moments of your life's kind of thing. Because, um, like, there's loads of other times where we've had wee moments like that. Like, um, I can always remember a way back in, like, the, this is, like, the, the late 90s when the N64 was a fucking thing. And I can always remember, I used to always play 007 Goldeneye yes! on the N64. That was that was pretty much one of my first fucking games that got me into gaming. And oh, my granda... Yeah, my granda always wanted... He always wanted to be a part of what we were doing. Even though he knew nothing of it, he always wanted to be a part of it to kind of show, like just to be there and, and kind of like thing it. So I can always remember me trying to show him how to play Goldeneye. And my mum always remembers it of my granda just sitting shouting and yelling because I would keep on running in and shooting him while he was running into a war because he didn't know how to fucking turn and all that kind of stuff. So it was like, <laughs> I was showing him how to play it, but I wasn't really showing him. I was just making it easy for me to be able to kill him and all that. So it was like, but but oh, without man. fail, every time he was up, he would play it that golden eye with me and we would just have some of the fucking hilarious times and there'd be other games that we would play um we used to have this game it was like see you used to get like the subutio sets and mm. like the wee actual like the games that you played well this was it was like an air hockey fable you would got okay but it was filled with water and if you scored a goal it sprayed the other what? person with water I've still got it up the stair. It still works and all that because we keep shit. But right. I can remember playing it with my granda and my, my nana and it was the exact same thing as we would play it because he wanted to be a part of it, but he would always lose. So we would keep on scoring and by the end up, he was completely drenched as if he'd been in the shower because he had like three litres of water poured there the tap on for this game. But it was, it was some of the most 
it was some of the best times like my life and like mm. my sister and my brother's life and all because it's they're the kind of stories that you always want so that like and it's as oh, put my pen it's like we you try and kind of continue the kind of things on like like, like my nephews and stuff like that but everything's changed so much like Right. My my nephew does they want to sit and play these wee board games or play with toys. Like I can remember Toy Story. It came out like late nineties and mm. I was the type of person like this is this is the way my mum always tells me is I never ask for anything at Christmas. Mm. Like I I'll like whenever I think it's just get what my brother and my sister want, like I'll give them my extra presents so they can get me our things. So I never ever asked for anything and Toy Story came out and it was the one year I asked for the Woody doll. I wanted the Woody doll. Mm-hmm. And my mum and dad were all over the country trying to find a toy that had sold out. My mum was phoning up places in London. She's like, I, I, if they had it, I, she would get the train down to get it and all that kind of stuff. And they finally found somebody out in Edinburgh that said that they were going to get stock in just before Christmas. And that they would hoard them for him, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, she decided that because they were getting the stock in, she was going to get me the Woody and the Buzz Lightyear. But her pal for work son also wanted them as well. So she'd got like two of each. Mm-hmm. So my dad on Christmas Eve went away out to Edinburgh to pick up these toys. And he came out, and this guy that had that sort of, I'm rich so I can get anything, found out that he can't fucking get anything when they're not there anymore. Right. Offered my dad a hundred pound per doll. Wow! To find me, and my dad sat there contemplating it and went, "It's the one time I had asked for it." Because mm. normally he would have just went, "Oh fuck it, I like, there you go, give me two hundred pound, I'll go get something else." But mm-hmm. because two of them were not his, they were for like my my mum's pal, and it was the first time I'd asked for it, and he was like, ah, "No, I can't. I, I'm not selling them." So he brought them back, got them wrapped the next morning. I opened them up, fucking happy as Larry, find mm-hmm. me. I shit you not, that Christmas morning, my dad looked out the window while I was outside playing, and I hid the Buzz Lightyear that was all electronic because all the wee buttons done something, mm-hmm. and I hid it in a muddy puddle playing in it. <laughs> and I think that was the first year I ever seen my dad cry. <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. The the toy was destroyed. It never ever worked after that because I had it in a puddle. Just hey, ah, space man, fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, like like to that that that's a great story for me. But like not so much for my dad that missed it two hundred pound when he spent thirty pound on the fucking dolls. <laughs> Actually, but, get it right. Yeah, yeah, it was dolls. I, I don't I don't care. Say that like that, but. That was like, like there's so many wee stories like that where thinking back, you're like, my fucking god, I was a wee shite then. But again, like I was fucking happy. Like that's that's the one thing that I can turn around and say is that my childhood was one of the best fucking childhoods. I had so much fun, even though there was times where it was kind of shitty and and you think me just as a Wayne does. But like overall. It was the day that we were told no 
it was like we never got everything we weren't spoiled like mum and dad didn't have the money to be able to buy us everything that we wanted because mm-hmm. that was always the things uh, if we ever got like one joke we, we always say made about with my brother and that is if you ask my mum for something and she said we'll see it went no like right. she didn't have the money but we never pressed for it we just found right. it on but in other cases normally see if we ask for something and we were told oh we can't get it nine times out of ten when Christmas came around we got it because my dad would disappear for three months while he was working 24 hours a day, making enough money for us so that he could go out and buy his presents for stuff that we wanted throughout the year. And for that, I, I, like, I completely appreciate and love my dad. Because, like, early years, there was a lot of fucking sacrifices that my man dad made in order to gear shit that, looking back, you're like, I wish I'd done a wee bit, like, I wish I'd appreciated it a wee bit more. Because, like, thinking about it now, like, that was a lot they fucking done for us. And I think a lot of people think the same these days, is that when you think back to what your parents done, it wasn't easy for them. And they fucking worked their asses off just to fucking provide for us a Christmas or anything like that. And it's one thing that always annoys me the now is that every year you see these things and it's like parents saying, me, oh, Santa got them the PlayStation 5, like that. And you're like, that is the what Santa was supposed to be. Everybody has to stop saying Santa got no man dad got me the PlayStation. Santa got me this tiny little thing because Santa gets all children in the world this little thing. It's a little keepsake for Santa. It was mommy and daddy that bought that because there's nothing worse when you're sitting there and you're like, I Santa got me a PlayStation 5. It's like, oh, I wonder why he likes you so much because he got me socks. And it's all just due to the fact that your man Dan maybe not be able to buy you a PlayStation 5 at Christmas, but Cuntface there, they're saying it's for Santa, kind of ruins it for a lot more people. And it's like, that's one aspect of Christmas that I've never really enjoyed, is this whole Santa brings you out. Because like, when we were growing up, we were always told you were allowed nine small presents, which was under like £20. And then you were allowed one big present that was still within a certain price range kind of thing. You would go through, like, the catalogues and all that, finding it, and then it started getting to the point where you're like, well, I've got this present that's actually, like, £40, so if I take two of my small presents and make it one present, can I get that? And you'd be able to find me stuff like that. But whenever we got these things through for, for, like, at Christmas, a lot of them was from Mum and Dad, and there was usually, there was, like, one thing was from Santa, and it was something that we'd asked specifically for Santa and anything like that. And I think it's it's kind of been lost recently in the last few years where Santa's been made this scapegoat that he's he gets all the, the, the big PlayStations and the Xbox and this and that. And it's like, the, the, the point of Santa was that he was giving all the children that were good a little keepsake for being good throughout the year. Right. And now it's kind of turned into a... Santa only brings the rich kids big presents, the poor kids get fuck all. And like it's it's became a lot more political and classist than what it should be. Because that was always one thing that I always hated was just this whole Santa brought no, Santa didn't bring you that. And people have to stop thinking because it is like you, you think back and you're like that, even fucking family guy made an episode talking about how Santa was dying. Because people st- people started asking Santa for these big things and mm. electronics and that. And Santa can't do that because Santa supplies for every child in the world. So it was like, 
how people are ruining Christmas for asking these big fucking presents. And it's like, if a, if a place like Family Guy can make a joke of that, there must be a problem, like, right. really, where it has became, it's like, it's almost like a competitive thing that if you don't get your children these expensive things and you really are, are a good family, and you're really good parents if you can't afford £600 for a PlayStation. Right. Like, it's stupid, it's crazy that, that this is what it's came because that's no, for me, that's not what Christmas is about. For me, Christmas is about going running Christmas Eve and getting homemade cookies to people that I love because it's a little bit of me giving time if I can make them something. That's what Christmas is to me, is spending time with family, making food, enjoying yourself, making stories and memories. Like, when I actually think, like, the only time I'm really mentioned a present with my stories was when I was talking about my dad going out and getting these Toy Story things, but most of my memories of Christmas is memories from Christmas, be it playing video games with my granda that's no longer here, um, having families with like my, my nana that isn't here anymore, that just having their little things, like that's to me what Christmas is, is just having fun and enjoyment, it's not about spending, it's not about putting yourself in debt so that Sandra down the road Disney judge you. Yeah, it's interesting uh, the way you talk about it, and I agree that the whole Santa conundrum is a thing, because my mom, how can can I explain this in a way that it makes sense? Christmas to me is very tough, because a lot of my life, we didn't have anything. My mom struggled a lot, right? So... There were times my mom would have to work Christmas Eve and come home in the middle of the night and wrap presents. And like your dad, she would disappear for a long time during the Christmas season and just hustle bartender and put all her tips away, right? And to get us that stuff we wanted. And it's hard because my mom did the best she could and she always made sure we had what we needed at Christmas. Not necessarily what we wanted, but it annoyed me because the one thing that she got us that we wanted, she always put from Santa on. And her explanation was always like, um, it was some weird explanation of like, if if I can't do it, Santa will, or or something. It's it's been a while since my mom and I have had like Christmas stuff together, but it always sat weird with me that. Santa got a credit when she was hustling. And like I knew like I'm the oldest. And I, I found out real early the whole Christmas thing, how it all goes. I I don't know if any kids are gonna listen to this or whatnot, but Yeah, yeah, kids are gonna be listening to this podcast. I'm just saying. The the <laughs> the whole Santa conspiracy, right? I, I found out pretty quick about it. And it always sat weird with me that she would give Santa the credit. But I guess that's just who my mom was. My mom, like, a lot of a lot of times during my childhood, my mom would skip meals and afford food. So she would yeah. not eat, or she would eat at work, where, like, she would be cooking, because a lot of times she worked in bars that had grills. And, you know, when it was dead, she could buy up a burger for herself or whatever. So there were times at home she would skip meals or she wouldn't buy herself shoes because the holiday was coming up or whatever. 
and Christmas Day, we would always open up our presents, and then there would be like gifts from mom or gifts from whatever dad stand-in we had that year. <clears throat> and uh, then the big, the wow present was always from Santa, right? And I don't know, that kind of sat wrong with me. And when my kids were growing up, we always intermixed our gifts. Like when Desiree and I were married, we, we put from Santa and, you know, from us, but we didn't put like the big wow gift from Santa. We just, we intermixed them. There was like a couple presents from Santa, the majority of the presents were for us, but we never made a big thing of it because Desiree and I didn't celebrate Christmas. We celebrated Yule. So Santa wasn't a big thing to my kids. Yeah. But as a kid growing up, Santa was a huge influence on me because one of the things that we actually did as a family, my mom and my siblings, because every couple of years or every couple of months, she got a new dad stand in, right? A new boyfriend. So the core of my childhood was my siblings and my mom. But one thing that I remember is Christmas Eve, if my mom wasn't working, we would all uh, get our stockings and we get to take one thing out of our stockings. My mom like had like candy and little, yeah. like, little presents in it. So we were able to get our stockings down and take one gift out of our stockings and one of the candy and my mother would make popcorn and we would watch all the old claymation Christmas movies. You know, Santa right. Claus is coming to town, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like, we would sit down and we would all curl up on the floor or couch when we had a couch or whatever and we would watch those shows and just hang out in the living room yeah until like 11 o'clock 12 o'clock and my mom would send us to bed be like hey you guys gotta get to bed or santa's not gonna come right yeah and then christmas morning we would get up my mom would be up all night and she'd be like don't you're not opening presents till i get up so me and my older siblings not the younger ones ashley and jeremy were really young but me and my sibling who i no longer speak of due to lots of fucking toxic shit that went down would wake up early and be like hey mom it's eight o'clock and she'd be like no leave me alone i need to sleep i gotta work today so we would sit there and look at the presents under the tree and be like we wouldn't touch them because if we touch them my mom will catch the whoop our ass like it, we'd catch a fucking whooping like but we try to speculate which one we try to see whose name was on the package right and try and guess what's in there because my mom always had us make a list of Santa. And that's yeah. another thing. Like, I never liked how Santa got all the credit. And I, and I just, I just, I don't know. It just, it never sat right with me. But we would always try to, like, look and peek and see who got more, right? Because when you grow up in a house that isn't stable, right? My mom has a lot of mental health problems and a bartender, so she had a lot of alcohol problems. So there wasn't a lot of stability in my home, mentally, emotionally, or financially. You kind of develop a, a, a fend for self, competitive nature. Like, can I get the most attention? Am I going to get the most food? Am I going to get, you know, is, is mom going to pay attention to me this week or is she paying attention to that one? And I didn't, I didn't develop it as bad as my other siblings did. So one of the things that, they would do is, is they would always count their presents, which ones they got or who got more. 
And me, I just, I sort of chilled. I was like, okay, I got X, Y, Z. You know, as long as there was one present under there that was on my list, I I don't care what else was there. As long as the one, one of hmm. them on the list was there, I was happy. Like the other present, yeah. I was cool with. You know, I was like, oh, you know, this is cool. I can, I'll make do with it. Not necessarily what I wanted, but I'm not ungrateful. So, and it irked my nerves because that one, that one wow gift, one I always really liked, always came from Santa. And that, I asked my mom one time after I had gotten older and was married and I had kids of my own, I said, how come every, all the cool presents were from Santa? And my mom's response was, because I wanted to see the pure enjoyment in your eyes that had no attachment to you understanding the shit I had to do to get it. And my mom had to do some real shady shit sometimes. She had to do some stuff that, like, like we're talking like not like sketch. Like she had to make some deals and do some shit yeah. sometimes to make it happen. So her response was, I wanted to make sure there was a gift that wasn't tied to any of the bullshit that I had to do. So that it was just, yeah. it was just a pure expression of like enjoyment. And essence. Yeah. yeah. And I, I both love and hate that response. Because I feel bad that my mom felt like she had to do that shit to have that moment. And everybody makes their own choices and, and she did what she did because she felt that was the move she had to do. But like, I always wondered, did, did we make her feel like she had to do that? You know? I don't think it was like you guys made her feel as if she had to do it. I think, like, I can't really speak from experience because I don't have kids or anything like that. And I can't. But from what, like, like, Speaking to like my mum and speaking to my sister and stuff like that, that has kids. I think when it comes to your kids, you will do anything for your kids. Like you, you yourself, there's nothing you would not do for your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think unless you're in a certain situation, it's always going to be for difficult for you to kind of like, like when people turn around or oh, when I win the lottery, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Like. Nine times out of ten, that is not what you do. Like, I always say, if I win the lottery, I'm leaving it to my parents or I'm leaving it to X. Because if I win the lottery, I am having a heart attack. I am dead. I am not <laughs> going to be here to spend that money. So it's like, unless you're in that situation, it's hard. And it's like, like, my dad would work, because like my mum, back when, in like the, 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 the mid-90s, early 90s, my mum got sick with right. ME. So she had to give up her work and stuff like that. So it was my dad was the one that was, he was out working and it, it was at a stage where he would leave at like six in the morning and go to his normal job. He'd come back in at five. Now my dad's a joiner or a, a builder, a carpenter and that kind of stuff. So he would go out for six in the morning until about 5pm at his normal job. He'd come in, go to the bathroom, grab like a sandwich or a cup of tea or something like that and at six o'clock go to a homer where he was building a deck or he was building, putting up a, a, a thingy. And he would do that until like midnight and then would come home, go to his bed and be up at six in the morning to go to his normal job. That was how my dad used to live in order to keep the house above her, keep food on the table, 
make sure that at Christmas and at birthdays we had what we wanted and stuff like that. And it's like, it's on the outside you're sitting going, why the fuck would you do that? Like That just seems like a stupid thing. you know. But unless you're in that situation, you don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure that if you were in the situation where you couldn't provide presents for your kids at Christmas, like, at this moment in time, like, then not streaming and all that kind of stuff, I can pretty much fucking guarantee that if you did not have the money put away to be able to get your kids something at Christmas, you would not be sitting here doing the podcast and streaming. You'd be doing any work you could in order to be able to put food on the table and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, unless you're in that dire situation, it's hard to understand why somebody would do such a thing. And I think that's the power of like parenthood, mm. is that no matter what, like I know there's some parents that are just assholes that should they have kids and all that, and I'm no, right. I don't talk about them, but for the love of your kids, there is nothing that you would not do. Nothing so sketchy, so illegal, so dirty, so bottom feed level right. that you would not do and make sure that your kids had a smile on their face. If you have to go and fucking sell yourself on the corner in order to give your kids a Christmas, I can guarantee you would. Oh, 100%. And I think... There have been Christmas, not to cut you off, but there, like, there have been Christmases when I was married to Desiree, uh, were, where I would take extra shifts to make yeah. sure we got presents for Jared or or Nick, as they're now called. Um, <clears throat> and touching back to my mom, when I got married and now that I'm with Bernadette, we we do Yule because both Desiree and Bernadette are pagan in their belief system. We're, we're not, they're not Christian, so to speak. So they do Yule, which is essentially Christmas without the Jesus. Christian, with the, yeah, <laughs> without Jesus. Without the Christian <laughs> topping on the cake, right? It's more, yeah. it's, you will, you will, the way I explain you will to people, because my mom had a hard time understanding why I didn't do Christmas with my kids. And the way I explain you will to my mom is, it's it's basically Christmas without the religious overtones. It's yeah, it's Christmas without the sadness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's family, it's, it's meals, it's celebrating your blessings of the year and looking forward to the new year, right? It's, it's all things yeah. Christmas. Just take the Christian... Yeah. off the top of the cake. So, my kids with Des and now with Bernadette as we're all like one big family, I always brought the tradition of, okay, we're going to spend this time together and, and watch TV or, or cook in the kitchen or and then at Christmas Eve, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you get you get you get one, you get to open up your stocking stuff or your stockings at night on Christmas, on Yule Eve, and then on the morning of Yule, you get to open all your presents, and then we have food and relax and whatnot. And part of the yeah. reason Yule worked out for us is because kids had to go to other families, right, on Christmas. So, yeah. like, her kids had to go to their dad on Christmas. My kids had to go with their mom, but we split up Yule or or she had, or Des had to go up north for Christmas to go with her parents, right? Mm -hmm. So Yule worked out where I could get the most amount of time with the kids 
and without having the complication of the whole Christianity topping, right? Because I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I've said it a bunch of times on the podcast and on my streams. I'm not religious. I'm kind of spiritual. I, I think there's something out there. Like, I believe in a universal power and there's machinations going on. I just don't personify it or, or codify it with with whatever flavor of religion, right? Yeah. So, the tradition for my kids has always been, I'm going to take you to the store or I'm going to have you look through the catalogs. And you tell me what you're interested in, not what you want. Because that way, the kids aren't disappointed that they didn't get X, Y, and Z. Right? They give me a list of shit they're into. Then me and various, you know, Desiree and Bernadette or whatever, we all go through the list and say, okay, this it's in this realm. This will be cool. Yeah. And the difference, another difference from my mom is our kids have a budget. Each kid gets an equal amount of money spent on them. So if one kid has more gifts than the other, it's because they weren't interested in stuff that was relatively inexpensive. Yeah. Where if one kid gets one gift, that gift was expensive because that was their main interest. That was the one thing that they targeted as, this is the thing that I am most interested in. I don't care about anything else. (laughs) And then on the topic of doing whatever, there was a couple of times, uh, on Yule where I had to go get a payday loan to cover Christmas when I was with Dad. Yeah. So I went out and I paid 20% interest on a fucking $800 loan just so that I could deliver on time, right? Yeah. And with, with Bernadette now, there have been a couple years where um we haven't been able to do presents on Yule. But when tax time hit, we've done belated Yule. Like, we would do Yule night. We would get stocking stuffers and play games and watch TV and make dinner and whatnot. But the kids understood that the gifts are coming later because mom and dad ain't got it. Like, But they knew yeah. it was coming. There was always yeah. something in the stocking, and they were always taught that you just got to be patient because it's, it's coming. Yes, pagan heathens, exactly. Um, So... I've been very fortunate to not have to do what my mom did. Like, and yeah. I don't, I don't know. My mom has never told me. Just said, don't ask. Got yeah. it done. And I could always tell that there was some, like the, from the tone of her voice, that there was some. But I've been fortunate not to do that. Like I've had to work extra shifts and get payday loans like your dad or whatever. But I've never had to do anything on like sort of the sketch side of things or, or the dirty side of things or whatever. And I I made it a point to say that, and and when the kids were younger, they we did Santa. It was just attached to Yule, but I also made sure that the Wow gift wasn't from Santa. I always made sure that Santa's gifts were just as awesome as their other gifts. Yeah, and it was always like thank your mom, whether it's Bernadette or, or Des, depending on whatever situation I was at the time. On on Yule morning, I would say, go thank your mother. Because my mom never really got thanked. Yeah. Right? She never wanted it. It was always Santa got the credit. And so as an adult, I always say, go thank your mother. And they're like, but dad. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
I got mine by watching you be happy and open the presents. Like I, that's my thing. I don't like presents for me. Like I like gifts, yeah. but I don't like presents for me. my my happy moments on Yule is watching the kids fucking lose their shit. <laughs> watching Bernadette lose her shit when I when I yeah. deliver an awesome gift. And everybody's like, "Oh, Dad, we got you this." And I'm like, "Oh, that's amazing!" Like one year, I got um a world uh world's best dad mug. It's just a kitschy little mug, but that was amazing. Yeah. Right. Or one year, my uh Nick made me a a, a drawing. It was real shitty, you know, drawing, but it was of me doing a job and whatnot, and it was a cute little drawing. And she was like, they were like four at the time. It was the greatest gift I've ever gotten, right? But to me, watching them open their presents and thanking the mother and watching them talk about how cool their stuff is, that's 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 my gift. That makes everything worth it. Yeah. And watching them thank their mother and watching their mother laugh and on with them is, is that's that's my ultimate Yule present. I, I've I've tried to explain this to like my siblings, and they get it, they get it in a way, but they always looked at me like, well, why didn't you? I you know your presents are your presents. I I prefer watching other people. I I prefer the experience of the moment more than. See that just makes me sort of laugh internally because. For the for ten minutes there, you sat and spoke about how it annoyed you that your your mum wouldn't take credit. Credit was always given to thing, and then you've just sat there and said that you don't want the credit for going and working and doing this and doing that. You got your thing, eh? So what? Why is it different that you don't need the credit, you don't need the thanks, you don't need the gifts? You just want to see the thing. But when your mum doesn't want the credit, your mum just wants to give you something that isn't marred with anything that she's done, all she wants to see is see you happy and enjoy yourself. Why is it wrong and weird for you to understand when it's your mum doing it, but it's okay that you're in that? Because to me, you've just basically said the exact same thing. Like, your mum didn't want credit, you don't want credit. Your mum wanted to see the smile on your face, you wanted to see the smile on your kid's face. So why is it hard for you to accept that your mum wanted to do that, but no for you. When it is the same. <laughs> I, th- I think I think it's I think it's different for me because of Is it maybe because you now like as you've got older you've you've seen what it's like in that sort of situation and that it's male that you, as much as you're happy in that situation, you wouldn't like anybody else to go through that situation. Everybody should be thanked for for doing something amazing, and thing like, and that I can understand. But it just yeah. it just seems weird that you would kind of find it to your mum that your your mum's kind of doing the wrong thing that that she's no. not taking credit in that when you're physically doing the exact same thing. And no seeing it as a bad thing. I think, I think, I know what you're getting at. I think it doesn't sit well with me because as kids, 
my mom had to do a lot a lot of things that she's not proud of to make it happen and i wanted her as as a kid and as a teenager to understand that it wasn't santa it was her like i saw her like mm-hmm. i i saw it was her right yeah exactly and yeah. that's what your kids are trying to do right uh, you turn around and saying go thank your mom not know me go thank your mom it's basically the same thing that your kids are trying to go i understand what you have to do in order right. to put this on your table so that all i'm meaning is like it just seems to be that you're putting a lot mayor on like yourself and your mum that even though you are both doing the same thing like your mum was literally just trying to do what you're doing to your kids is you're just trying to your mum just wanted you to have that one thing that one time a year that bullshit did not exist shitty life did not exist it was the one thing your mum could give you that it was just pure joy and innocence and it's the exact same thing as how much shit you have to go through the year same with Bernadette and Desiree how much shit you have to go through the year no seeing on the weekends no seeing at this point then without food then without this present for you then without new shoes or new clothes in order to on Christmas day or you that one day bullshit in life does not exist all that matters is you guys in this moment being happy and together and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I absolutely love that that's what you do with your kids, is for that, even though it's, it might only be one day, and I know you it's no, I know you do a lot more throughout the year, but for that one day the fact that you don't want any shit to be involved it's just about you, your kids, your family having fun, enjoying the time together, celebrating, being as a family, is the exact same thing that all your mum wanted, was just for that one day not to think about what she had today to get to you. For that one day, all she had was you guys smiling and being a family. Because as much as you talked about like you're growing up and all that kind of stuff, it does sound as if for most of the year, you didn't get that big family style. It wasn't always, you are all together, everything's happy, everything's wonderful. It was a bit of a fucking struggle. Yeah. So it's like, I I, I fucking take my hat off respect to your mum that for that one fucking day of the year, she didn't want that to be involved. All she wanted was you guys to be happy and innocent and just be there on that one day. And I think... I think you owe it to yourself as well to kind of no look at it that your mum was giving away the credit because she wasn't. At the end of the day, it was mere on her that she just wanted that one day that it, it wasn't about everything else. It was just Santa had came, look how amazing it is. The exact same way that you're doing it for your Christmas is that it's just a, a wonderful time. Just take it that, don't try and add in the negativity and take away from it. Just let it be a wonderful time. I, I think I think why it I think why it's 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 different for me is because I I saw the struggle that my mom went through because I'm the oldest and she put a lot on me. I was essentially dad and her I was essentially yeah. her partner a lot of times growing up as a kid. 
So yeah, you were the the the, the man of the house kind yeah, of thing. I, I was basically your partner for a long time. So I think when it comes to me not taking credit, it's because I already get credit. Like I, my kids know how hard I work. My kids understand that you know to me this is this is the thing, and I think. Me as an adult, looking back on my mom not wanting credit, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I I lament the fact that she wasn't given more credit by me and my siblings for all the shit she went through. So when I tell my kids to thank their mother, I think in a way it's me harkening back to being a kid and being like, I know how rough it was. For my mom. Yeah. And I always want to make sure that my kids understand the struggles that their mothers go through and the hard work that their mothers do. Because my kids understand the hard work dads do. Like, that's across the board. that They they understand how hard dads work. It's It's been – like, they understand. Like, dad goes away. He goes to work. He works all the time. Mom stays home or mom goes to work. I think it's just me being the oldest son – always wanting to, to kind of in some way by having my kids give credit to their mom but also it's me kind of giving that nod to my mom as well in a way because i don't yeah. mind that she didn't want the credit because i don't want the credit but i want them i want the women in my life that are the moms of my kids to have the have the kudos that they don't want like that Bernadette and Des don't want any of the credit either. Don't get me wrong. They're not glory hounding. But I want the kids to go to them and say, thanks, Mom, because I don't want there to be moments for them that I know my mother had where they were sitting alone or they're up late at night just wondering if, if their kids care or if their kids – not that they would, but I know there were times where my mother was up crying at night wondering if she was a good mom or if she made the right decision. But by me yeah. making sure that the the kids thank their moms, it's kind of me sending that energy towards my mom, being like, "Thank you, I see what you did all those times, even though you didn't want me to." I think I think yeah. that's the way it, I, how I how it comes across to me because the kids know how hard I work. I get tons of credit. And my yeah, mom, I, my get, mom I get enough credit. I do get that, but like what I'm meaning is in like. It wasn't until you had kind of grown up where you started to understand, like, just how how much your mum had done and mm-hmm. how little growing up you kind of appreciated or how, how little you walked in randomly and went, by the way, mum, thank you for everything you did. But kids don't do that. It's the right. same with your kids. Like, you turning around to your kids and saying, go thank your mum for that. And that. Yeah, it, it helps. I mean, like, it's a kind of a, a, a hat bow to your mum to kind of go, I'm making sure my kids appreciate what their mother does. But it, that, as amazing as that is, and that everybody should, like, everybody d- should get the credit that they, they deserve in that and everything they do. But what I'm meaning is, is it won't be until later on when your, your kids are grown up where they'll still look back and go, fuck, we didn't really appreciate what our parents done. That I know for your mum it was harder because it was just your mum and you helped to and all that kind of stuff and you could understand the work that your mum went through. But all I'm meaning is, is that it just feels as if you put a lot on yourself 
and your mum at, at just at that point that it just seems as if it's like just on the outside it's as if you're trying to find that negative in it instead of just allowing it to be because later on in life you did tell your mum how much you appreciated her and that's that's really it. Like everybody, every parent goes through life thinking, "Am I doing this? Am I doing enough? Am I a good enough parent?" Yeah, and it isn't I until later that. on when you can turn around and go like, that, "Well, seeing how my kids have been raised and how where they are now, I've done a good job." So it's not going to be until later on where you can turn around and go, "Do you know what? Fuck, I did a good job with my kids." I I think because you can provide as much as you want for your kids, but if you're still a dick and raise them wrong. Right. Just because they were fed, that doesn't make you a good parent. Like, feeding your kids is, like, base level. Like, you don't get a medal. Like, that's like turning up to the Olympics and expecting a gold medal. You, you've done the bare minimum here, is feeding your kids. Right. You had your kids, you fed them, and you want them, like, a fucking chocolate watch. Like, that's, that, that's, that's nothing special. All fucking parents are supposed to do that. That's, right. no, that's an amazing thing. But, all I'm meaning is, is that it just seems as if you, 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 it's almost as if you're not, you don't want your mum to be left out, which is fair enough. But at the same time, you're allowing yourself to be left out in that. Like you're still doing a lot. It doesn't matter. Your kids know how much you work. That's fair enough. You knew how much your mum worked because you never saw. Her. So it's like, but why? That's what I'm meaning. Is that why is it that it's different when it's you? When it isn't, you do a lot. You you're basically doing what your mum was doing, and you're then turning around and saying that you don't want your thing. And there is a chance that your kids are going to be turning around and going, "Why? Why does my 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 dad does so much for us, and he doesn't want even a thank you?" And like, in that sense, does that not mean that they're going to grow up in the same mental state as you, thinking that fuck, I never appreciated what my parents done, even though they probably did. But that's what I mean is is it seems to be that knock on that even though you don't see it, there is that knock on generational thing where it's like your mum didn't want the credit, so you've moved on and now you think your mum deserved all this credit, but you don't want the credit. And then your parents or your kids are gonna turn around and go, Fuck my dad didn't want the credit. I don't want the credit. When everybody should be getting the credit that they deserve, is uh, instead of being like, "Mum, you deserve, you should be getting thanks and all that kind of stuff." Your mum knows that that you appreciate what she done. Right. Your mum knows that she worked hard, and you it was the Santa. Like you know, it was the Santa. She knows you know it was the Santa. So. You turn the room and making sure that your kids have everything that they, they could ever need at Christmas is the thank you to your mum that yeah. your mum needs. That's it. You don't have to go and tell her thank you, you don't think, because she knows how much you appreciate what she done because you're willing to do what she done for you to your kids. Right. And that's where a mere thing meant is you're already doing enough because you're being a great parent to your kids. And I think, I think, we, no, 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 because it is, because no matter what, you always turn around and say that you can't do this because you're, you're, you're leaving time. Even if you don't spend time with your kids on a Friday and Saturday, you're leaving those days that if your kids turn around and say they want to do something, the time's there. Yeah. And it's the exact same. If your uh, kid turns around and says on Monday, by the way, Dad, I want to spend time with you. 
I can guarantee that your stream on Monday would be cancelled. You would be spending time with your kids. Or that's just how it we're is. Playing games together on stream. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that your mum knows that you appreciate her, and you don't have to go through life telling everybody to go and thank everybody else because, again, in that sense, you can turn around and go, "Well, why is Desiree and Bernadette getting all the thanks when you're the one that's out working twenty four seven to bring in the money to get these presents?" So it's like there's always going to be you can always bring that negativity into everything. That's that's how assholes work. Is that you you get the negativity, and I think what I think the main point is I'm trying to make is every time we've spoke about Christmas, you've always said how you don't really enjoy Christmas because you never really got that kind of family Christmas feeling. It was always right. your mum was never here, and she was always timing this, and you was always timing that, and I, I I just I don't want you to go through your life and putting it on your kids as well that when it comes to Christmas you have to go away and find it and it's just it's as if it's gone down the same route like don't let what happened in your childhood to taint Christmas I know you celebrate Yule and it's no Christmas and all that but I mean the holiday as a whole is that don't let the fact that your mum and that had to go through because you're here Right, like I, you deserve I, a thank you. I get, I get what you're saying, and let me let me expand before we move on. I don't, I do think it is a generational thing of how I don't seek credit because my mom never did. But I think, from me, from my perspective, a lot of this is, a lot of this is how I how I process and how I feel comfortable. I don't think. Me not seeking credit on Christmas isn't uh, a negative thing, and me telling the kids to thank their mother is no thing. It's I am more content and more stable in my family dynamics than my mother and I, our family was. So we do have Christmas stuff. We do have that family gathering that a lot of times my siblings and I don't. So for me, it's not. I'm not a I'm not assuaging credit because I don't feel I don't deserve it. I I don't take credit because one I don't like. How can I explain this? Because it's it's tricky, and I don't want to give you the wrong impression. My kids and I, especially with the dynamics between me and the kids, are I'm dad. I'm. I'm dad first, friend second, and I'm willing to do whatever, hang out, play games, listen to, do your interests, whatever, as long as you do your, you know, I always used to say there, there are four, four rules, two chores, one person, because especially with Bernadette's kids, they grew up in a very conflict-driven home where they weren't taught to respect their mother, so a lot of, when I came on the scene, I had to build up them learning to respect their mother like changing their whole dynamic of how they dealt with their yeah. mother so four rules two chores one person was a mantra of yes you have responsibilities get your stuff done uh yes you need to behave because before they didn't have to because they didn't respect bernadette and they they basically were all over. Yeah. yeah and then the one person was you need to now develop that respect for your mom because she did what she did so I've always, when I came into this relationship, gotten respect and credit for being 
the guy that showed up. So I don't feel like me getting credit on Christmas is a special thing. Like, I get plenty of credit on Christmas. I cook dinner. I clean up the wrapping paper, all that stuff. I just, with my mom, it was so chaotic and so dangerous and so such a struggle that she never wanted the credit. It was always work. And my kids aren't yeah. going to see that side of it. My kids see me work and see Bernadette work from a healthy perspective of we work to make sure we have what we need where my mom worked, where we had to live. So my dynamic of not seeking credit is I'm doing what I need to do. And by you doing what you need to do is amazing. And I tell my kids all the time, your behavior dictates your reward. So if you handle your business, I'll do whatever you want within reason. You don't handle yeah. your business, then you got problems. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily uh, my kids will grow up thinking they don't want credit. I think it's more of a they don't, they don't see me not taking credit as a form of, you know, not feeling like I need to be called up. More as like, dad's got it, we got it, we love dad. Dad knows it. Don't make a show of it because dad's not real comfortable with it. Like I don't, I don't want you being like, "Oh, Dad, you're amazing." Like, I don't need that. Like, I know you care. You tell me you love me. I give you a hug. We fist bump. I call you a nickname like "Killer" or whatever. That's our dynamic. My mother had to fight tooth and nail and do some real sketchy shit, and we, we she made it a point to where we didn't know about it. So. The dynamics of the way I was raised versus the way my kids are raised, especially around the holidays, they won't have that need to not take credit like I don't. Like, like you said, it's generational for me. But mine is more of a, I don't want to take credit because it's, it's, it's not some, I, I know you care. I know you yeah. care. So I don't think my kids will have that negative attention, like a version of credit like I do. Because it's a whole different dynamic of the way my kids have been. How we've established Yule traditions. Like, we do dinner. Like, um, birthdays. We, the, ki the kids are, uh, are given the choice of do an event with the family or have a party. Do the event, we're going to go do something fucking really out there badass. You want to do a party, your friends come over, we make badass food, and you go have an experience with your friends. Right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the kids in the house have chosen to assuage the party to go just do an event with the family. That's their choice. We give them the option. But one thing that we do is we do birthday dinner. Every kid that has a birthday, they tell me, Dad, could you please make me this? And that is, that to me is them giving me all the props, being like, Dad, this is what I want from you for my birthday. Make me this meal. So, in a way, I've moved on from the negative struggle-related assuaging of, of, of credit and seeing my mom wanting to not take the credit and have Santa do it because her aversion of credit, avoiding credit, on some levels comes from, I don't want you to know the dirty fucking shit I had to do. Where mine is, it's not that. I, it's, it's hard to explain. No, I, I I get what you mean. I, I I can understand that that the the 
the story behind it is is a different situation as opposed to just a a different thing. Like I I do get that. It's just it's just that kind of way. Like it just sometimes on the outside feels as if you're doing an awful lot and you're no wanting the credit even though you're doing it and it's like sometimes it might not be a bad idea just letting your kids thank you or appreciate you and you just kind of going I appreciate that like, it doesn't have to be a whole big thing like oh you're amazing and not like you don't want but I think sometimes like it, like the way you worded it at the start it just felt as if your, aver- your aversion to it is complete like it's it's just even if they start to mumble a thank you, yeah, it's not not go and thank your mum. No, just leave me alone. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. just watching you. And like that's where it was. It felt as if you were kind of no shitting on your mum, but you were kind of thinking on your mum doing the exact same thing when it was time. It's like uh, yeah, the situation and the the, the underlying things are different. Right. And I'm sure that it wouldn't be a generation. Like I know your your, your kids will grow up and kind of. It will not be, because it's just a different, not being brought up in that, struggling for fucking food on the table and all that kind of stuff. It's a different situation, and I get that. It's just, I sometimes worry, worry that you put a lot on for everybody else, and you kind of let a lot of people kind of shit on your side of things. And it's oh, like, yeah. it sometimes feels as if you aren't getting appreciated, because it's like, like simple things like you're no you sometimes you're not even able to go and do a stream for four hours because you have to go and do something or somebody comes in and interrupts so you have to go away and do something else for somebody else and it's like for the sake of four hours for four days, that's what sixteen hours. That's nothing in a week with what you used to do. Yeah. Like you used to go and work forty five hours at your normal job, then do another forty five hours on stream. Yeah. Now you're doing sixteen hours a week on stream and it's as if sometimes you can't even get that like like the amount of times there the last couple of like months you've just not been able to turn up in their stream you've not been there i know like yesterday it was your own things you had to go to the doctor and all that kind of stuff that's fair enough but it just feels as if you were talking about how everybody appreciates what you do but on the outside sometimes it feels as if it's no it's almost as if, like you were saying about Bernadette, it's just like you're you're just you're just docs. Like it doesn't matter. Like I just interrupt him. Just he'll do this. He'll he'll do. He'll do. And it's like it wouldn't be that. Like if you were out at work, would you get a phone call telling you, or oh, you have to come back and take such and such here, or you have to come back and do that? And you'd be like, well, I'm at fucking work. I can't. I think so. I think, I think part of that comes from that's my mentality though of like. If somebody yeah. needs oh, something, I'm going to do that first. But I think a lot yeah. of that is, is my own doing. Yeah. I just I just sometimes think you deserve a lot more than what you give yourself credit for. Know what your kids and oh, yeah, the debt and Desiree and all that. But I, I feel as if you've earned 16 hours a week to be able to sit and play video games. <laughs> like, I, I, like, just base right. level... You've yeah. done enough to oh, be able to get that. And I just sometimes, I worry that that you're no taking what you deserve. And yeah. you're, you're too busy giving everybody else what you feel they deserve. And you're oh, no yeah. taking it for yourself. And I it's, it, 
but there's a talking about your mum. Yeah. yeah. Talking about your mum was a similar thing, like how much she done for you guys and never done for herself and yeah. you no resent that or regret that, but like it does the sit right with you that yeah. she done without so much when again you're gone through the exact same process where it's like everybody else first and then if if there's time you'll come in and it's like no take the time that you deserve because everybody around you appreciates you and wants to give you that time you just have to take it yeah no 100%, I, I agree with that 100% and I guess that's that's part of my one of my many struggles of just trying to become a more balanced human being is mm-hmm. that because I did I, I, I grew up I grew up taking care of everybody and I still do and like and I don't mean to downplay Bernadette or, or Desiree in their times when, when they when they've done stuff, but like for me it's always been a situation of you handle this first and then you worry about it. And I recognize now, especially in the last year or two, I've I've come to the acknowledgement of that's not healthy. That's not a good situation for me. And yeah. I've been trying to break out of those patterns. Right, but it's oh. it's very hard to do yeah. because one you you deal with the guilt factor of saying, "Well, I got to do this; you handle it." Right? When you're always been, I, I used to, I used to, there used to be a saying we amongst me and my friends and my family is, if the bat signal goes up, Docs is going to put the cape on. Right? Yeah. So trying not to put the cape on that's that's like that's hard. Yeah. That's really hard for me. And I've been trying to do it more and more more and more. Like you said, like you see sometimes I'm like, Oh, I gotta put this off because I gotta do X, Y, and And you're right. I, I do need to prioritize myself in a lot of ways. But like anything mental health related or, or personality related or, or the way you kind of grew up. It's, it's it makes struggle. it difficult. Yeah. It makes yeah. it, it makes it struggle. And around Christmas time or Yule time or, or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever, whatever holiday you celebrate, especially if you're a, a person who is the, the grinder of your home, you, you don't want, to feel uncomfortable in that situation because then you have to face the, the question of well is this what I should be doing am I healthy in my state it's you don't go to the doctor because you don't want to know what's fucking wrong with you right that's that's the mentality yeah. essentially so yeah no I agree 100% and a lot of times it is like I don't give myself enough credit I don't give myself enough credit at, at like when I cook a meal or whatever, because like I made a meal the other day. I made like lamb spaghetti with meatballs and stuff, and the whole meal I was like, "Is it good? You guys enjoy it?" Like I knew it was good. It tasted great. I fucking cooked it, <laughs> but the whole meal, like, like when everybody yeah. ate some, I was like, "Well, was it good? Did you like it?" Like, uh, but why could that be because it? why was I doing that? Could that maybe be because on so many other things? you quash the appreciation that you don't need to feel appreciated for everything else because you know but when it's something that you're passionate about 
that's that's where the unhealthiness comes from is that you're unwilling to let your kids or your family and like appreciate you for things that you feel as if you should be able to do like at the the base level you shouldn't appreciate me for the base level stuff but for the stuff that you don't have to do but you do you need that sort of just that little thing and it's like oh yeah i think that's where it comes from but another thing that where it's hangs is that like you were talking about like the being the grinder and all that kind of stuff and Taking nothing away for Bernadette because I think B, she is a fucking badass. She thinks, but it sometimes feels as if, like when you talk about what you do for your family and all that kind of stuff, one way that you could look at it for the outside is that you don't trust B to be able to step up because it sometimes feels as if B's away being a badass and doing her companies and her businesses and she's doing this and she's doing that. She's bringing in the money to be able to pay the bills and stuff like that. And and that's fair enough. But things like when you were talking, when you, one of the main things I always think that was when we were talking about getting you back up and streaming and all that kind of stuff and trying to find you an office space and that. And you said, oh, it's just getting set up here would be good. And B was like, ah, right, well, we'll set up here. No, no, no. He said, no, we'll set up here. And I sometimes feel as if it's like you put so much on yourself that you don't want anybody else to have to do anything. Yeah. And it's like B is very, very capable. Like mm-hmm. B got you your studio and all that set up. She done fucking fantastic. Within two or three weeks, she got everything set up the way you had today. And it was like, it was a struggle Aoi is trying to say to you, let be there. And it sometimes feels as if you're not even willing to let other people step up. It's like, no, 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 I'll do it. No, no, no. Like, somebody turns around and says, I need to get taken to school or I need to get thingy. Straight away, you're like, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'll just cancel everything else yeah. that I have planned to do that. Whereas there's four other people that can turn around and go, I, I can drop them off. Yeah. 100%. And it's like... That's where the unhealthiness for me oh, seems 100%. to be is that is that again you're so focused on no letting anybody else like it's because like even to the point where I don't I I think need to have and said about getting that voiceover and I think made it up and when I sent it off to you and you listened to it the first thing you said was oh I'll have to go in and do a couple of tweaks because I feel as if I've not done anything and I need to put my little spin on it and it's like why why not just leave it like because as much as I know it was the way it felt as if to me on some level is you didn't trust me to be able to do something you had to mess about with something and it kind of, it did, a wee bit of me was like, well, obviously I've done shite then, because if he has to go and add this in and add that in and all that, and then at the end up when you said, I tried to think that, but every, it just didn't work, what you done was perfect. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, well, I kind of could have done with that six weeks ago know, when we'd done it. I know, I didn't and it's like, it just sometimes feels as if, I know it's no you, yeah. mean, like it was no your intention, because your intentions have always been for the best. But it just sometimes feels as if you always, you personally need to have your foot in it. Like you need to be some part involved. Otherwise, you feel as if you're not doing anything. Yeah. And it's like, but you're doing so much. Like, even though you're not taking your kids to school, you were the one that sorted getting that car back. You were the one that put fuel in that car. You were the one that made sure that they were getting to school, even though you weren't taking them. 
there was so much that you done to lead up to that mm. that got them there. And it's like, I sometimes feel as if it's not that you shouldn't do everything, but it just sometimes feels as if you try and spread yourself so thin that you touch everything. But it kind of takes away the aspect of you being like you. It's yeah, like, 100%. you're such an amazing person and the advice you can give and the helpfulness that you do and all that kind of stuff, it really is like, it really is appreciated. But sometimes it just feels as if you try and spread yourself that thin that it takes away the specialty of what you are as a person. Because you are an amazing person. You always try and do everything for everybody else. But it just feels as if you really should try and just take those little things that give you that appreciation. Because you do deserve it because you've done a lot. And B and the kids and Amanda and all, are probably all going to be sitting there going, I just wish it would let me. Probably. And and that's it. Because like, like, B's an amazing person. B's a badass. Look what she's done with her three businesses. See if you let her have that mentality on other aspects in the house. Your life would probably be less stressful. <laughs> yeah, you're, Amanda you're right. and Troy have been a badass getting the homesteading. They've let you come in. They've fucking they've grinded. They've got the the office bit ready for you. The warehouse. They've got the other the trailer up set up and all that so that you can get back to your feet. They've found me like they've been amazing. And then it was an argument for you to go away for a weekend. <laughs> to let them just do something, and it was like if you let people just day stuff that you don't have to be involved in. Everything runs so much smoother. And I hope this is the kind of turning point where you can kind of go, do you know what? I'll let you take the lead on this one and I'll tie me back because, like, don't get me wrong, your advice and your knowledge is always going to be unfucking paralleled But I, I, I hope that you're able to kind of just go into the new year, just allow people to showcase their own hard-working talent that you've taught them today. You've grinded so much over the years that you've taught them what they have today. But unless you let them start showing that, how much helpful is your advice going to have been? Because if you're constantly doing everything for everybody, you're not giving them a chance to be in their own feet and actually right. start. And again, I don't want you to think that we're just shitting on you and, no, and uh, we're attacking you for like your help is useless and all that kind of mm. stuff. I just, it, it would be nice to be able to see a wee bit less stress and doing things that you want to do as opposed to what you have to do. The same well, way as your mum. Your mum had to work to be able to give you what you needed instead of what you wanted. And right. you all know that situation, so start doing what you want. Still being a parent, like don't just go, right kids, fuck off. Be going to do your own thing. This is my life now. I'm not saying that. Don't do that because <laughs> that that changes everything. But just give yourself a wee bit more credit and time to do your own things over the next year, because right. like you, you you do deserve it. Like, you're an amazing person, so don't uh, I don't think I can I can tell you exactly where that comes from. When like your situation exactly, and I, it was it wasn't like you said. You knew what I was getting at. I just. That part in particular comes from like, I don't want to be viewed as a burden or not holding my yeah. own weight. That right yeah, there. Yeah. That, yeah. that whole thing is like, 
I don't want to be seen as not carrying my own weight. And a lot of times, like you pointed out, I don't see that I'm taking like shit from people that don't want it taken from them. Like, I'm yeah. like, let me carry your bags. And they're like, no, I, I can carry my own fucking bags. I'm like, let me carry your fucking bags. And they're like, I carry my own, <laughs> like, fucking let me carry your bag, goddammit. Like, I understand that. And like, like on the, um. <laughs> yeah, I want to look at chat because they're agreeing with me and you'll know like it. Oh, I know. <laughs> the, the whole, and if you, you were watching last week, like I said, ultimately I was like, look, I, I wanted to add some flair to it and I, I could see some things and I wanted to tweak it a little bit because I didn't want to see you and Habba do all the work and then think I was slacking. Like, that was my mentality of like, well, they did this and I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I didn't help out or I didn't, I was, I just fucking left it to them. That was my guilt about it. It was like, I, well, I yeah. have to do something. And and, I'm and that was not what we thought, because right. as far as we were concerned, like, to me, it was, Habba, can you do this? Because I I know how much, like, how close Nicky and Docs is. Like, Nicky's a good, good friend of Docs, and I want to be able to give them something to kind of go, look how much we've tried. Yeah. That was my mindset, was that I just wanted to show you, like, we'd done it for, like, a... Uh, uh, Game Akin, we done it for Bill Bob. We had these wee intro things, and I was like, ah, I want to make something special as well. For the, even though Nicky coming in, we don't have clips on Twitch and YouTube and all we can go for. I want something to kind of go. Do you know what? We still appreciate you coming on. So it was the about trying to take it away for you. No, I know. It was just yeah. on our on my side. It was trying to kind of go. I I want to also put my little. Yeah. Yeah. I want to show, even though I'm outside this group, I can still fucking get shit done. <laughs> yeah, and like like I said during the show, I was like, I, I, I filled around with it, but it was, it was perfect the way it was. Every time I tried to add something, it made it worse. Like I said that on the show, I was like, I just it, it wasn't working. And you're right, I, I, I should have said it's, it's perfect the way it is, but I feel like I kind of want to play with it to add something so that I can feel like I added something to it. I guess I should have framed it in a different word, but I'm really <laughs> bad at that sometimes. And I'm just really glad that you understood what I meant and you didn't yeah. take it as in like, well, it's, you know, I'm just, I'm just really grateful and appreciative that you understood where I was coming from, not what I was saying. And yeah. a lot of times, a lot of times I feel like, I feel like I hope, because I have some, I have some mental, uh, because of the stroke, I have some processing, cognitive processing, where what I say up here doesn't necessarily translate to here sometimes. Yeah. So I'm really appreciative that the people around me understand that sometimes what I say isn't what I'm saying. Yeah. And you being fucking thousands of miles across the fucking ocean be able to pick up on that and go well fuck that guy not not go fuck that yeah. guy is is just a, a, a feather in your cap and a testament to our friendship because like you said when i brought that up another person could have been like well you need you need to play with it or fuck around with it like yeah fuck off like but you didn't do that because you understood it and i appreciate that and yeah it just i knew it was just you trying to just be involved in everything instead of just Letting other people right. do their talents. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just me not trying to be a burden. 
Yeah, no, and I, I, I totally get that, and yeah. I can understand that it, it is they going to be able to be an easy flick? Like, you just all of a sudden don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I at least hope that you're willing to kind of see where we're coming from yeah. and try and just try and see that, that where you can kind of just back off and kind of go, do you know what? Somebody else can deal with that. Because yeah, I have right. to do this. Because when you sit there and you consider the amount of times, like, like when you have to cancel streams or you're late for streams and this and that, and it's like, at the same time, you can turn around, well, you're letting down people that have been waiting a bit waiting to see you and kind of join in and you're streaming all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you, you're trying not to be a burden and all that kind of stuff in your timing. But at the same time, you're also letting down other people. So it's, it's like a lose-lose proposition. It is a lose-lose and that kind of stuff. But I think if if at least accepting and understanding where you can grow, that's all. Like that's always what we talk about in this: yeah. is that like nothing's ever too late if you're willing to grow and improve yourself as a person. And I think that's more where we think it is that for twenty twenty two, I'd love to be able to see you be a wee bit more less thin on yourself like touch in where it's a, it's necessary to kind of thing me in like you don't let like things everything yeah like because b is a badass let's be honest yeah. like she she can fucking own shit and all that and i understand that when you first met her the kids maybe have walked over and all that kind of stuff and you've had to drive in that respect but she's got that respect now mm-hmm. So this is where you can start to kind of nod. No, she can hold her in because she can. Because oh, I wouldn't want to get fucking involved. Like, <laughs> you probably no. kicking her fucking ass. So it's like, I just, I, I'd like to be able to see a wee bit more. You taking the, you taking the time to spread yourself onto the things for you right. and not constantly having to be on somebody else. Because it, it just, it just feels as if like, Especially like the streaming and the YouTube and the TikTok and the RPGs and that, like your mind is so fucking amazing and being able to get shit done on that, but because you're 90% of your mind is focused on all this other stuff, you're no getting yourself enough thing, and then at the same time you're then getting to that point where you're putting out an RPG and you're constantly thinking, are they having fun, are they enjoying it, you think that? Whereas if you were able to give yourself more time to focus on it, when we're playing it, you're like, ah, that was fucking amazing, I fucking nailed that right. shit. Because that is, like, that's most of the time that we are seeing it from, I think, is from our point of view, is that you're great at this, this stuff, but because you're so focused on everything else, it's like you're no you're no gaining enough time on the talents that you've got. Mm-hmm. And like the streaming, like you keep on saying like you put a lot of production and all that kind of stuff in. Yeah, and that's that sort of thing. But like you said, if what what's people gonna do if we can't see the production because you're not streaming? Yeah. You're away doing something else. And it's like, so all of that works pointless because, yeah, you've got a great setup, you've got amazing overlays and, and your sound bites and all that is fucking excellent, but we can't use them, mate. Because <laughs> you're not here. <laughs> 100%. So I agree, 100%. It'd be like, nice to be able to see you a wee bit there and doing yeah. the things that 
you want to actually do, like doing the RPGs and and doing the, the, the indie games and then doing the fucking voiceover shit that you've no had time to do because you've been doing other things. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> definitely a thing. I 100% agree that I need to, especially now with the situation of, of the work situation and where we are, is I definitely need to learn to pull back because for so long I have covered everything i have been like like i said i i have been batman you know what i mean and yeah i need to stop being batman well you I, don't have to stop being batman you I just gotta stop need to being be, batman 24 7 you just have to stop being batman when you don't have to be yes exactly. batman needs a, a day off to himself there's plenty of memes out there with batman having a cup of tea because there's plenty of other superheroes in the world uh-huh. You don't have to always be there. Let Spider-Man and Superman and Wonder Woman maybe chime nope. in at the odd wee bit. You don't have to be there all the time. Batman needs to play games. <laughs> right. Oh, 100%. And that goes for everybody. Everybody yeah. out there. Like, don't give 100% your time to everybody else. Keep time to yourself. Be selfish. Your happiness is your responsibility. Don't. Mm-hmm. Don't give all your time away because see when it comes to when you're 90 years old and you're sitting there going, I don't have the time or energy to be able to do fuck all now. You're going to regret it. Take that take that day a week to go and do your thing. Go to that party that you've always... Go to the fucking movies that you've always wanted to go and see. Just because everybody else does they want to go doesn't mean that you can go. Allow people to step up. Don't think that you have to always be number one constantly. There's other people around you. That's a support system. Let them support. So everybody out there, just fucking take a minute to yourself. Appreciate what you've done. Appreciate the person that you've, you are and enjoy your fucking self because all you're going to do is end up regretting the choices that you've made that you've done nothing for you for the rest of your life. Meanwhile, everybody else has had a fantastic time. And like you said, your best time is watching your kids be happy and smiling and all at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is quite content seeing other people happy as well, including you. So be happy and let them be happy seeing you happy. Damn it, I have to fix everything. <laughs> Let's talk about Christmas dinner before we jump into the happy ending, because it's on the document. And I, again, it's all great points, and it's things I definitely need to work on because I, like all humans, are a work in progress. But you mentioned Christmas dinner. Well, 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 well. What do you? What? What's the plan? What's the menu? What are we oh, doing? I mean, fucking everything. Obviously turkey, because you mm-hmm. can't have Christmas without turkey. Even though UK usually had goose up until mm-hmm. Americanized goose. Um, let's go. But nah, I like my turkey. Um, and we all oh, the fucking good stuff. Except for this year, I'm making my own cranberry sauce oh, yeah? because uh, Haba, uh, his husband Jacobo, made his own, and Zim made his own cranberry sauce for Thanksgiving. And I thought, you know what? I like a bit of cranberry sauce with my turkey at Christmas. I'm the only person that likes cranberry sauce at Christmas for a turkey. And I thought, I'm going to go and get fucking cranberries and I'm going to make my cranberry sauce instead of getting the jar. So I'm doing that, and then I'm going to have all the other good stuff, like roasted parsnips, uh, Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts with bacon for my dad. Um, we're getting roast potatoes. I make my own roast potatoes. They take about three hours to make, but they're the greatest fucking roast potatoes you ever have. 
Because um, it's like, I boil them first, I part boil them first, and you put them in a colander and fluff them up a good wee bit so they right. get all the crumbly edges. Then you fry them in goose fat in the pan just to brown them enough. And then you take them out and you let everything sort of just cool down that little bit because if you cool the potatoes down first, put goose fat in a tray and put it in the oven and preheat to like 220 degrees Celsius. So I think it's like 450 or something like that Fahrenheit. Yeah. I don't care. I'm I'm normal, so I say 220 Celsius. We use Celsius. freedom fractions, damn it. You use random fucking things. Zero is freezing, 100 is boiling. It's fucking simple. But it's like 220, between 180 and 220 Celsius, get that oil hot, and then you put the cold potatoes in it, bop it in the oven, and it crisps the outside, but keeps the inside fluffy and soft. That's a fucking roast totty. Um, so we're doing that, and then I'm going to have all the other good stuff, like homemade gravy. And, and for some reason, some English people have Yorkshire puddings for the Christmas dinner, but that's just fucking stupid. Don't have Yorkshire puddings for your dinner. Um, what else are we going to have? Going to have like carrots and peas and that. But I always try and find lo- like cool little like recipes because that's why I said if anybody's got cool recipes, let me know because I'm I'm always on the lookout for trying having a new dish at Christmas. Just see what it's about because that's where like honey roast parsnips they came from my brother because he went to a Christmas dinner way at my sister-in-law's mandas and that's what they had uh oh kelties as well i'm going to buy store-bought kelties but i'm going to make main kelties you guys call them pigs in blankets but it's no they're called kelties because it's the little sausage in a kilt um i'm going to make my own because i can get a really nice caramelized onion and apple chipolata sausage okay and then wrap it in streaky breaking fucking bob's your uncle fanny's your aunt and you've got great fucking kilties. Um, but my dad likes to have like the store-bought little like cocktail sausages wrapped in bacon. So we get them anyway. Yeah. Because um, he likes them. But I just love all the veg. Oh, I love veg so much. Uh, and it was such fucking hard work watching everybody air Thanksgiving post up all their fucking pictures of food. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there on stupid UK that doesn't celebrate good things in November, <laughs> having to wait for fucking Christmas. So these are all fucked. 25th of December, I'm going to be posting every fucking thing that I make and it's just gone, fuck you. Right. <laughs> so do you put raisins in the actual why would you put raisins in your Yorkshire pudding? I'm not a fucking animal. Because that's what we put in ours over here. I know, and that's why people don't like Americans and don't want them in their country. Why would you put oh, raisins in a savoury thing? You're supposed <laughs> to have it with your roast dinner with gravy. Because Yorkshire puddings over here is bread pudding, essentially. No, that's bread pudding. That's no, no Yorkshire pudding. It's, Yorkshire well, pudding. No. But... How can you, like, let's just fucking, like, science this shit, right? Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire is a place in England, in the UK, effectively. So see when Yorkshire puddings are created one way, and then you decide to American them and fuck them up. They're no longer what they originally were. Yorkshire puddings are a savoury pastry snack that you have with your totties, your roast beef, your gravy. What you make is shite called bread pudding. That's like you've just said it. You make bread pudding with raisins, we make Yorkshire puddings. <laughs> so let's just get that fucking done right there. 
You can't <laughs> just take something and change it and go, but it's the same. It's no, it's no the same. That's like me turning around and going, right, here's a cheese toasty, but I'm going to take the cheese out and put ham in it, but I'm still going to call it a cheese toasty because fuck you, America. Know how it works. It's a ham sandwich. Not a cheese toasty anymore. <laughs> you can fuck off with that mentality. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> You do, you do realize that Yorkshire Puddings is your version of Budweiser to me, right? No, but this is the thing. <laughs> See, when I say Budweiser, Budweiser's still a beer. Just because I say it's a good beer or a bad beer, that's <laughs> it's still a beer. You turning around and saying Yorkshire Pudding can have raisins? No. it's no. That's like me turning around and saying Budweiser's a really good cider. It's no. Just because I say it's a cider does they mean it is. You know it's a beer. I know it's a beer. Everybody listening knows Budweiser's a beer. Some people like it. Some people don't. That's how it goes. Turning around and trying to say that a Yorkshire pudding with raisins and it's the same thing. No, it's no. Classic Baxter in the pot. No. Budweiser, I put a wee cocktail umbrella in it. Makes it a cocktail. Does it fuck? It's still shite. Does it make it a cocktail? It's a beer with an umbrella in it. Exactly. You're making a Yorkshire pudding with shit. God, I love it. Oh, oh my god. I have no idea what we're making for dinner because I think I think what we're gonna do is um, Yule. Bernadette and I do Yule trying to manage do Christmas, so I think we're gonna do Yule slash Christmas dinner together because we cook, we cook in the same house. So, yeah, I think uh, when I get done tonight, I think Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to talk to Amanda about, because Amanda and I are the two primary cooks. V can cook, but she doesn't like to, and Troy has, like, <laughs> no, like, I swear to God that he can feed himself if he needs to, but, like, no. <laughs> um, so I think this week before, I want to, like, nail down the menu on Tuesday. Um. So I think Amanda and I are going to sit down and come up with like a menu. And I don't know if we're going to get a hold of Desiree and see if, because we all did Thanksgiving down at our friend Justin and Becky's house. All of us, like Desiree, like our kids and Bernadette and our kids and then Brian and Amanda and their kids all went down to Justin and Becky's for Thanksgiving. So, but before that happened, we talked about having all three families just do uh, dinner at our house. Yeah. So I think I'm going to talk to Amanda and see what she's thinking about doing for like Christmas dinner. And uh, and come up with a menu there because I don't I don't know what I want to make because there's a few things I want to make but now I have to change it up because uh, my daughter here on the farm has developed some really uh, lactose issues. She's real sick drinking anything or eating anything with dairy. And there was yeah, a dish just that lactose I, intolerant. Yeah, it's come up recently. She developed an intolerance to it, and it could yeah. be just puberty fucking with her. Like, it could just be, like, puberty fucking with them. But there's a dish that I make, and it's, um, it's basically broccoli and breadcrumbs and, like, Velveeta cheese, essentially. It's, like, basically a, a broccoli casserole that is fucking yeah. ugh, phenomenal. And then I make a, a, a cornbread, um, 
So I gotta kind of mix up the recipes now to make it safe for her to eat. Yeah. Well, I I kind of need to talk to Amanda about the menu, and I think I kind of want to do uh, Cornish hens maybe, because we have a double oven here at the house. So I think I want to do like roast Cornish hens, do like four or five of them, and just roast them off in the oven and do like everybody out here really loves. I would love to do Hasselback potatoes, but they take fucking hard as shit to do. No, um, you can get. There's something on Amazon that I know you can get in America. I'll send you the link later on. It's literally, it's like a contraption that is like a decent size for like potatoes and all that kind of stuff. And it's literally loads and loads like lined up little blades. And all you do is you just go, well, bam, and hit the, the potato and it turns it into the Hasselback stuff. And one hit instead of sitting with a knife. In the oven until they're done. Cause yeah, exactly. But making them by hand is fucking up. I made them for that. Remember that barbecue I had yeah. back when I was trying to do I made them back then and I think I made like ten of them for like everybody because the, it was just I was I didn't have the plunger thing. They're I was so sitting with a knife. But they're so good. Trying to, yeah, so it was like everybody got like one potato. <laughs> Instead yeah. of like a nice little selection. So oh, yeah, I definitely get that plunger thing where you just stab and it makes all the, the little lines in them. Yeah, so I was thinking about doing that. I want to do, like, deviled eggs, because everybody out here loves deviled eggs. Because mm. we got fresh chicken eggs, so I'm not... Yeah, you may as well. Like, and you... then I do... If you've got the capabilities, then you may as well. And then on top of the casserole and the cornbread and the Cornish hens and the potatoes, deviled eggs, I want to do, like, I do this classic, des- I, I call it a classic dessert, but it is, it is essentially my favorite dessert I've ever made. I take a chocolate cake, and I put it in the bottom of a cup, and then I slice up kiwi, strawberry, and banana, and I get whipped cream, and I put that as a layer, then I put a layer of cake on the top, and I do another layer of the fruit and the cream, put a layer of the cake on, and then top it off with fruit. Cream, and then I take chocolate and I save it across the top. So Ooh. fucking good. So good. I want to make that so bad. Yeah, I, I can I can see how that one would be a, a thing. Right. Oh, I found it. Right, there's two different ones. There's this one here that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, I'm just putting it in chat. Because, okay. Oh, fuck, that was a big-ass fucking link. <laughs> that's a big-ass link. Okay. It was that one. But there's also this little bitch. Oh, nice. There's that little one where it's like you literally just go, well, plunge, and you'd stab the fucker. You just do it a couple of times and it cuts your Hasselbacks. I might have to get those. Yeah. I like Hasselback potatoes. They're so good. But they're so labor intensive. Yeah, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, corn, I'm, I'm thinking Cornish hens because we haven't done that in a while. I'd love to do a rabbit, but I would have to go to the farmer's market and try and see how much it's going to take to get, like, three or four rabbits. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Especially when they're no kind of out of season right now. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Hunting shit, so. I would love to, like, it's hunting season now. I'd like to, I might reach out on, like, when I'm on, like, a Oregon forum and be like, hey, any hunters in my area? I'll pay you for a fucking deer. Because <laughs> I could do that. But, um, yeah, no, like, Christmas dinner, like, I don't have any hard and fast traditions. 
I know Bee makes these cookies. They're called peppermint cookies. Have you ever heard of them? They're, it essentially translates to German pinch cookies. Um, I, I've I heard of the kind of like I recognize it, but I don't think I've ever. They're like these. They're like made with molasses and sugar, and they're like this little blob of like dark brown dough that you just pinch off, throw in the oven, and they're like these little crunchy bite sized. Like, I don't like them. I hate them. But they oh, love them. Because we. Yeah, I think. We used to get. Um. Pfeffernoose. Yeah, Pfeffernoose. Yeah, Um, We used to get Pfeffernoose in uh, Holland and stuff. Cause, but it was the like crispy little things. You could get crispy little things, but I don't think they were called pfeffernus. But we used to have them, and it's like a soft spiced gingerbread that you would either dip in chocolate or you would dip in like powdered sugar and stuff like that. Um, that we used to get them a lot in Holland, actually, and the, the Netherlands used to get a lot of them. Um, but Pfeffernus, we used to, because you used to buy them just for the fucking bag. Oh, and they were okay. But I do remember you used to get little crunchy ones. Yeah. It was like little, but like that size. Pinch, yeah. And they're just pinched yeah. off in the middle. Like Bernadette tells me it translates to German pinch cookie. Um, oh, I don't know. She makes what them every adds. year. And I fucking ate them and they make the house smell. Oh, I'm like, ah, why can't you just make a sugar cookie? Damn it, it's Christmas. <laughs> uh, well, for if we we just used to call them spice cookies. Oh, okay. Like just be spicy, like spicy nuts. Um, but no, I, I I know what you're talking about. I I we I I love them. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she, I do like she's them. made like she's made like ten batches already, and I'm like, ah, oh. and like that's her tradition, like with the kids for Christmas. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't really have any, like, when it comes to other, like, Christmas-related or Yule traditions. I really don't have any because, I don't know, I'm just, I just not, I'm like a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. So, like, if, if we make dinner or we do something a certain way, I, I just, I don't really have, like, we must have it this But, yeah. I, like, my mom had a lot of them. Like I said, we, you know, the way we did TV and, and that. And yeah. I just, I just kind of... I grew up where it wasn't like a, a more of a free form kind of like it is what it is type. But like I do, I do like making a Yule dinner. Like that, that's I guess that would be my tradition of like sitting down and being, all right, I want to make, I want to make something and then have everybody enjoy a meal. Funny story, like a couple of years ago, Bernadette and I were gonna do Thanksgiving with her family, and a bunch of drama happened. <clears throat> um, I was like, okay guys make thanksgiving because we didn't want everybody was asking us oh what are you guys doing and we're like, thanksgiving and then her grandmother her bernadette's grandmother her oma was like well i'm not doing christmas this and everybody was like what what are you gonna do and i looked at bernadette and i said we can do christmas we can do christmas day. and bernadette said yeah that would be nice i said this is what we could do <clears throat> and i wrote up a menu it was like this fucking six course meal right and bernadette had said to everybody hey rick and i are gonna do dinner 
The only thing we need you to do is kick in five or six bucks a piece to help with the budget. This started World War Three because everybody was like, well, if it's a gift, why do we got to pay? Bernadette was like, you don't need to cook anything. You don't need to clean anything. Rick, you've all had Rick's cooking when Rick gives a shit. He's going to make this six-course fucking meal for Christmas for everyone. We're talking like 50 people. And you're having a bitch fit because we asked you to throw some money towards groceries so you don't have to cook. And everybody was like, well, if that's the case, we'll just bring food. And she's like, you guys were just bitching that Oma wasn't going to make you dinner and make your favorites. Rick puts this six-course tasting menu of fucking greatness together. There was like two desserts, three mains. There was two appetizers. It was ridiculous, right? And all Bernadette said was like, you know, five, ten bucks. And like, it was this fucking war. And it was like, she was just getting so upset. I literally, I literally was like, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm done. You guys can bitch and moan and do your own thing and get mad. But don't take your hate on grandma because she's not doing it. I offered to, to crush it and do something super nice and y'all had a fit. So now my tradition is I'm going to cook for everybody in my house and everybody else can fucking, you're not <laughs> welcome. Go away. Stay off my mountain. <laughs> so Fair yeah, I, I guess that's my one, my one Yule tradition is I really like coming up with a menu and getting in the, in the kitchen. And this year is going to be different because like Amanda likes to cook too. So her and I are going to have to be like, <laughs> I need the oven, motherfucker. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm kind of talking to her. I kind of I'm looking forward to talking to her this week about it, kind of figuring out the, what the menu is. But um, other than yeah, that, man, I, I don't have a lot of other like Christmas stuff. Like I had a lot of cool stuff. I had a lot of like cool Christmas stuff. Like friends, like after Christmas Day, we would all go out and go sledding and snowball fights yeah. and and like talking about like. Um, what we were gonna do, or 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 what, how how our presents, we're gonna do stuff with our our gifts or whatnot, and that's like you talk about some of your favorite memories. Some of my favorite memories around Yule and Christmas are like after it's all over, and just like going out and hanging out with my friends and seeing what they got and talking about what I got, and then with my kids is just sitting back and drinking a cup of tea, cooking dinner. And watching them talk about how cool their shit is. Or like, oh, yeah. well, I I, I didn't think mom and dad were going to get me this. I just said I was interested in that. And I really like this one thing, but I didn't say I wanted that because they don't say, tell us what you want. They say, and there's been some times where, like, Bernadette and I have just really, like, crushed it. Like, our kids yeah. always enjoy the stuff we get them. But there's been a couple times where Bernadette and I have just fucking nailed it and listening to them in the other room just be like oh this is so cool or or they'll come up and show me what they drew or or uh uh my middle son uh andrew he's autistic and he loves to build stuff so a lot of the stuff we get him is like uh steam based stuff like robotics or mazes or magnetic i don't do legos i ban them too many fights i hate legos but like i will get him like constructible stuff Having yeah. him run into the kitchen and be like, Dad, look what I made. Look what I programmed the robot to do. That is like, give me all that crack. Like, I'm all into that. 
that's some of the some of my best memories are are hitting it out the park and watching the kids just like just be themselves like in their moment is some of the best like Christmas slash you will yeah. stuff that I could ever like I ever remember. And as a kid, for me, it was going outside, seeing what my friends got, and going sledding and talking that shit. Like, oh, I got this, and my one friend Kevin got a um, he got a PlayStation One, and I got an N sixty four. And we were talking yeah. about how what day of the week we were going over to each other's house. Like, I'm coming over <laughs> to your house to play Mario Kart. A Mario 64 on Friday, and then you can come over Saturday, and we're gonna play uh, Legend of Dragoon and Tomb Raider and all this shit. And I was like, that, that is some of my like favorite memories of like uh, Christmas yeah. slash Yule time. And then I, I love, and I don't know if I'm gonna get to do it this year. I don't know if they're gonna be available on the streaming services, but I really, really want to watch Santa Claus is coming off the Red Nose Ranger and how the Grinch Christmas those old 1960s claymation yeah movies like the my, old school my, ones yeah my, and with the elf who had like who wanted to be a dentist instead of a toy maker you ever see that one <laughs> yeah it was one thing we never really watched was the kind of cartoony like we watched Christmas movies but we never really Watch the kind of things like I, I, for me, I feel as if that is like a real American concept for Christmas. But for us, like it was, it wasn't really about watching. Like yeah, you watch the odd Christmas movie and get yourself into things. But we, for us, we never really watched really the kind of things. You know, I don't know about anybody else. It might be that everybody else in the UK watches them, but us, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I might, I might do a watch along if I can find them on a stream. Hey, I'm watching Christmas movies. <laughs> and I want to watch, like, the old, like, I'm going to, I'm, I need a moment. The, 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 the Jim Carrey, How to Grinch Stole Christmas, trash! Fuck off. It's trash! What's no? The real no, Holly, you're, you're just, now you're just saying things to annoy people. The like, real Holly other thing. Christmas is the Dr. Seuss animated Burl Ives, not a mean one. The stuttering. That's the one. The Jim Carrey Yeah, if you're like ninety like, years old. You know what? Shut up. Shut up. The the Jim Carrey mm. Grinch, I like him as the Grinch, but ah, oh, there's just something about that old that old animated Dr. Seuss Grinch is just it's it's perfection. Can't do it better. Back in my day we used to have good problems. That's right. That's what you yes. sound like. <laughs> you're definitely showing your age. I prefer black and white T V shows where the pictures <laughs> moved. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited. I want to do dinner and I want to watch some some of those old clay clay animated like uh, Christmas yeah. movies. That that'll be fun. And the kids have seen Definitely. them a hundred times, but I I want to watch. Everybody's seen them a hundred times because they came out three thousand years ago. Yep, and I'm three thousand years old. So let's yep, move on to the happy that. ending, shall we? Oh, if this is the happy ending, so I'll put my hoodie back on again. I'll put my hoodie back on for the... You do it while I pull up articles. I'll be a tree for the last 20 minutes. Right. Last 20 minutes. All right. All right. So we'll start with mine while you're getting dressed. So mine is about a gentleman 
We raised a shit ton of money. Let me get this article in the chat. Shout out to the Good News Network where I find all my good news stories because I'm lazy. So it says after raising $2.8 million to make wishes come true for sick kids, the night of a million lights holiday tour is back. So I didn't know about this. So I, I found that interesting. Crossed it. There so, I'm a lovely, darling. I am. And guess what? I always do. Guess what, Chris? This what? is a positive Florida man story. A, a positive Florida, Florida man story? You got I another one. You got another I call one. bullshit. No, there can't be two. So, the night of a million lights. Christmas medical. The holiday <laughs> spectacular that delights thousands of visitors and raises millions of dollars for sick children and weary families and their weary families of vacation. Give Kids the World Village has launched a second annual Holiday Lights extravaganza running until January 2nd. Illuminating the central Florida skyline, the 52-night open house will once again provide a public with a rare glimpse inside Give Kids the World Village, an 89-acre whimsical nonprofit resort that, provi that provides critically ill children with, ma with magical week-long wish vacations at no cost. So That's the story goes on to talk about um how last year's event grossed two point eight hours and they had to do it again. Um it talks about the the light show, tram tours, behind the scene experiences, Santa Claus, you name it. It's it's it was it was recognized in USC today, and here's the thing, I didn't know about it. I saw this article there. I had no clue. And to find out that it happens in Central Florida, good on you for it. Yeah. But it's amazing that a resort, which you think, you know, a resort is going to be expensive, you know, yeah, all this shit, it's for free, no cost at all, and they make it a curated experience for like critically ill kids. Um, you can start at like to to basically get a ticket. It's like twenty five bucks is the the starting ticket. But it depends on the dates and special add-ons. So basically, you're you're buying a ticket for a, a family to go to this event. It's so cool. Yeah. They've got like um, a sparkling tree trail. You can take photos with different types of unique backdrops. Uh, there's a hundred buildings that are lit. There's a tram that runs through it. Like it is, it is literally like Christmas Disneyland for like chronic cr critically ill kids. And yeah. it's so cool that they roll it into a massive charity effort, too. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I mean, not much more than I can say about it, other than, like, <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're in Central Florida and you want to do a dope-ass shit for critically ill kids, this, this event is amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Be, it, 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 sh it should definitely be shouted from the heavens. Like, it says since 1986, Kid Kids the World Village has welcomed nearly 177,000 families from all 50 states, 76 countries. But apparently, like last year, was like their biggest year where they raised that much, like so much more money than than uh, they would have. And I think, yeah. in a way, it goes to speak about like what the pandemic also did. Like, raised 2.8 million dollars critically ill kids 
you know, in a global pandemic, and that's like one of your biggest fears. Like, yeah, a lot of bad shit happened during the kid, but a lot of good shit. Starting to hear a lot of the good shit that uh during the pandemic, uh, technology advancements, medical advancements, uh, new charity initiatives and drives. And oh, definitely. I, I love it. Looking at some of these photos, I want to go. I want to <laughs> go ride on this train and shit. And you can. You just have to go to the link that they've posted in the article. And $25 for, like, certain days and then $35 for adults it's $18 for kids I think for like premium dates and then for holiday dates it was something else I can't remember what I looked yep. at the but it does it has everything that you need to know about it. and it does say um, discounts are available for groups of 25 guests yep. or more so you can get a whole fucking group like get your work going yep. everybody goes have a good fucking sorry I'm drunk <laughs> It's it's an awesome event, and the fact that they they oh, do it to like help critically ill kids, I'm I'm a hundred percent. Hundred percent. But that being good on you for having another. I know. Fucking like, there's another thing that the pandemic's done is Florida have started getting fucking smart. Who would have knew? Who would have knew what we needed today was lock everybody up for a couple of years in Florida would have been smart again. Like right. God, it's it's crazy to think. Crazy to think. <laughs> but moving on from my relatively cut and dry happening of basically promoting an amazing event for critically ill kids, you have a quintessential UK story, huh? Yep, I thought this was perfect. For the podcast, for the drunk tank, and for alcohol. Right. 60 visitors in a pub in the UK got snowed in for three days, and they fucking loved it. <laughs> like, the, the owner says that they were drinking well, they were eating well, everything was fucking good spirits, it was great. Um, Basically what happened is everybody turned up for a night out in the pub and everybody's like, oh, hey, let's have a nice time. And then when they went to leave, it turned out the, what was it it says, hold on, snowdrifts and a downed power line ensured they got more time at the bar than they bargained for. But basically there was a massive snowstorm while they were all getting drunk and they couldn't leave. The, the doors were all snowed in, it was all packed, they couldn't get out the windies, they couldn't think, so they were all stuck within the, the, the pub. And as it says right there, there was an Oasis cover band, there was tabletop games, <laughs> trivia, sing-along Christmas carols, three whole days of holiday cheer, and the guests didn't even hate each other, everybody was having a great time. Said Sunday, Tan Hill described it as life-changing experience, calling the employees and the guests who came together under challenging circumstances amazing people. Said and like I mean, everybody knows that it's just been like like you get a lock in and it's all fucking. I mean, it's usually your pals, but that's what's it. Uh, it was Storm Arwen that kind of hit our east coast, so it, and it hit hard because like. There was like a lot of snow in like Newcastle and Sunderland, and then Manchester got quite a decent amount of snow. Edinburgh, Aberdeen got fucked like they were fucked. <laughs> um, 
It says, in some places, Tom Arwen brought winds of 90 miles per hour, which is 144 kilometres per hour, right. uh, and brought civilization to a brief standstill. So it was it was a pretty fucking hard storm, and we've got another storm coming as well, coming the other side, like my side of the, 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 the country. So that's going to be fun. Um, I'll have to try and stay grounded as a tree. Um, <laughs> right. But um, no, it just, it's another thing that just shows you that no, every story of people going out to the pub and find me is that you're always going to meet that one arsehole. Like, they all had a great time. They were playing fucking board games. They were singing. There was a band. It was a whole party. And it all stemmed for people going out for one night out and it turned into a three-day vendor. Like, that's that's everybody's fucking dream. Let's be real. Yeah, some of, the, some of the photos in the article, like, it's got, like, blankets and pillows and yeah. all curled up next to each other on the floor or on a on a table and it's just like it's so heartwarming to see that that like 60 strangers essentially yeah. some might have known each other but essentially got snowed in and instead of losing their fucking shit and being <laughs> a bunch of assholes they were like they came together and was like this is a rare opportunity to connect with another human being and just live in that moment it's, it, it, it's an interesting experiment of like you always see these stories of like oh if if we lose power or if we go if somehow the world ends or whatever everything's gonna go to shit well not not necessarily true because essentially for these people that the world ended they were stuck three days couldn't leave had to make them do with what they had they had each other they had the bar and instead of making a a a, a a fucking negative story. They turned into yeah. an amazing time. And yeah, it was three days. Maybe if it was like three months, there's a difference. But like for those three days, they were in the moment of like being with each other. Trying to make it as comfortable as possible. And that's awesome. And the fact that the bar like had blankets and they were making food and shit, like that's amazing. Those 60 people will always remember that bar. And they'll tell their yeah. grandkids, you know, back in 2021, I was with your grandmother, and we got snowed in, and they'll be like, really? What happened? And then it'll, it'll, it's an amazing experience. And yeah. so heartening to hear that, because all too often we hear humanity is, is shit show. Like, <laughs> humans hate yeah. each other. The world's going to end. So some road rage incident or some racist episode. And then you get a story like the... the the give the kids the village event and guys getting in. It's just it's little things like that that make you like that. People are not as shit as they we are. <laughs> exactly, yeah. like that's it. Like sometimes, sometimes you just need to have a bender to realize that people are good. <laughs> like it's just amazing how cool people can be when you're drunk. Yeah, if they're the right type of yeah. drunk, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, sure. no, man, it's oh, it's such a cool story, and like. <laughs> I wonder, like, I wonder, it doesn't say, it doesn't say, like, if the bar ran tabs or whatever. I'm sure, no, why would it say that? Because I'm curious to know if, like, the bar was just, like, the bar owner was like, fuck it, let's be, like, make sure, or if they charged them, like, for everything. Like, if I was in that situation as a bar owner, and I had to do it, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't. 
Yeah, we'll charge them for everything they have. I would just look at it as like house guests. Gotta make food. I'm sure that if they, if it was basically the, the bar took care of them, those 60 people would take care of them. Oh, yeah, you'll probably find that like everybody's got each other. Because like, it was there as if people came off the street with nothing right. to think about. Like, these people went out for a night out. So, like, you'll probably find everybody's probably put a couple of pounds behind the bar as a kind of, thank fuck you were here. But I think it's also one of the ones that I don't think it's really something to bring up anyway. Like, who gives a fuck if they gave the bar something or they didn't? Like, everybody survived. They all had a good time. Like, everybody was together. They had fun. They'd survived. Like, I think that's the takeaway for everything. It was just, oh, yeah, 100%. I was just, it was awesome. I'm just thinking that it's, it, the owner, good on the owner for doing what they You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was as if he had a choice. <laughs> yeah, there was six day of the M one of him. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. It talked about how, what did it say? There was there was a line in there where it said, you guys have been amazing. You worked never-ending shifts to keep us well-fed and watered, wrote another of the revelers. So that's cool. Yeah. That's 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 amazing that 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 came about. Uh, yeah. Hold on a second. Perfect. There was a there's a line where it says completely off the grid. The downing of the power lines didn't affect the bar's electricity needs. So apparently the bar was off the grid. Yeah. Oh, they have the cool. generator and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. That's awesome that they could do that. That's so neat. That is such a cool story to hear about that. that like, because bar, bars get bad raps. Like over here, sometimes like, I don't know what it is like over in the UK, but like sometimes like bars get bad reputations. Like, oh, if you go to a bar, you're a drunk or you're alcoholic. And then, uh, then on the flip side, sometimes you do get like the the community bars. Like I grew up, my mom was a bartender. There were some bars where it was very family orientated. Like we'd go in and they're like football. Uh, on Sundays, the bar would like have free chicken wings and pizza for anybody who was in the bar. So, yeah. having a story like a, a really nice story about people surviving a, a blizzard in a pub is, is kind of cool. I, I really do. Yeah. I found it super fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I think that's going to bring us to the end of the holiday special. We've had a great conversation. We've shared some good stories about the holidays. We've talked about personal growth and things like that so i think it's a wonderful wonderful time also on a side note keep your thoughts out for the people in kentucky and surrounding states uh huh i did not hear that oh the the yeah my cousin was posting something about it there's some nasty nasty weather that hit. yes Trent, thank you uh we're, we're, we'll definitely keep our T's and P's, as they say, for those in, in Kentucky or here in the States. But, Chris, anything else to add? No, I think that was a pretty decent fucking episode for talking an hour ago about what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, tell the people where they can find you and how they can reach out and get a hold of you if they want to share stories or recipes or whatever. Yeah, just right across the board, at Chris's C90, Twitch, yep. Twitter, 
YouTube, everywhere. It's all the same. It's easier. But yeah, if you've got any recipes that I can consider for my Christmas dinner, then send them in so that I can look them there. As I say, I'm making my own cranberry sauce, so I've got that recipe, and I've got another couple of recipes, but I'm looking for things that I've maybe not heard of that maybe yeah, we try. Yeah. Definitely let us know. Even share some of your stories about Christmas and what you used to do for Christmas or what you miss about Christmas. Kind of positive things that, that, that this holiday time. 100%. I agree. And you all know me. I'm Dr. Ryan across the board, across social media, across Twitter, all of that. You want to reach out to me and be like, how are you doing on that uh, pulling back a little bit there, Doc? Let me know. Keep me accountable. I'll let you know how I'm doing. <laughs> so, I appreciate you guys. This is our mid-season break. We will be back after the new year. Uh, just keep your eyes on Chris's Twitter and my Twitter for the return. Uh, day, over 80 dead in the entire city. Wow, by tornadoes. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Re- I'm gonna have to look that up now. Mm-hmm. But thank you for bringing that to my. I had seen something about Kentucky, but I hadn't really looked into it. But yeah, I will definitely look now because I know my cousin was. But. You can find me at everything at Docs Ryan all across the board. Like I said, reach out to me. Ask me how things are going. Share your traditions and stories with me if you'd like as well. And we'll be back after the new year with the second half of season two. More interesting guests. More interesting commentary from Chris. More from me. More personal growth. And just more of the drunk shit that you So, happy holidays. Happy Quantum Meyer, Hanukkah, Chris, whatever. All of them. All of them. Happy holidays. Chris. Yes. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Merry Christmas.